The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Brutal Nation, a podcast dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of crime. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is today's co-host, well, my always co-host and today's presenter, because it's your turn, Miss Tammy Underwood. Looking very dapper today, Miss Tammy. You got a hot date? Mm, I don't know. He hasn't gotten back to me. <laughs> How do you like them apples? Well, no, I'm just, I'm always curious because he actually sounds like a really cool dude, man. Well, this is a different guy. This isn't the same one from whore. last week. I'm not a whore. <laughs> I just am not in a committed relationship right now. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, no. It's, it's your deal. That's <sighs> Shut up. It's fine. You know what? You have no room to talk No, hot. I don't. Jesus Christ, man. Rockstar lifestyle. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so what do we got today, Miss Tammy? Well, you know, I was looking into another whodunit. You know, the ones that leave more questions than answers that we kind of like try to solve on our own. Jesus, I'm going to need some medication Well, for no, because remember last week we did the tube sock killing? I'm still shocked at that. Who the fuck killed somebody with a goddamn well, tube Well, they didn't sock? use the tube sock to kill them, remember? They said that they thought it was way. a way to, like, control them. In any or way. just a calling card. You, do you go to, like, Walmart and pick up a pack of tube socks and go, it's killing day, you need some tube socks? <laughs> I know, right? What the fuck is wrong with people? Well, and I think tube sho- socks should be outlawed anyways. They are so ridiculous. I like them. Anyway. Of course you do. I'm <laughs> waiting for you to wear shorts and tube socks one oh, day. Oh, wait till we sandal socks. But anyway, go ahead with your presentation. <laughs> Please don't, ever. Um, so this time though, I came across this kid by accident, like, did you run into him? No, but I, I freaking came across his profile by accident. It was really weird. But then when I started digging deeper, I was like, holy shit, he's perfect for our show. And I believe, and you'll probably think probably along the same lines, because you and I have similar thought processes when it comes to these people. That if he would have been allowed to continue, he would have been on a level higher than the toy box killer. Ooh, sweet. Yeah, and I have purposely not told you any information on this guy. because My kind of guy. Yeah, I purposely held it back and it made me, I had to stop a couple of times because it literally physically made me ill. I had that same thing with the toy box killer, so yeah, shoot it at me. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start with an opening quote from Dorinda Jones. And I think she's an author, and this might have come from one of her books, but it was perfect. Who knew Demon Child would have such a normal name? I expected something exotic like Serena or Destiny or the evil one that comes in the night to make us chilly. Ooh, I kind of like that. I know, me too. I'm going to start calling my son that the evil one that comes in the night. To make us chilly. (laughs) He's mm. not bad. With beans. He, he's more like he's more like the I don't know. <laughs> the lump that sits on my couch. <laughs> I mean, he's a good kid. No, he's awesome. Anyway, he go is. ahead. Okay, so let's take a look at Austin. This is what kind of Did you even give his name yet? Yeah, I said Austin. Oh no, Austin Sig. Sorry. S I G G. Austin Reed. Everybody's Sig. like, who the hell is she talking yeah, about? Yeah, and he was based out of Colorado and he's very recent. Ooh, I like the recent yeah. reasons. Yeah, he was born in 1995, January 17th, which is right around my birthday. Oh, shit, he's still pretty young then. Oh, yeah, he was by, 17 when he committed By ready comparison crime. to you and I, because we're older than dirt. We we kind of are now. But, yeah, he, um, <laughs> you're so, that's so cute. He just showed me his cup, and it's one I gave him. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> of uh, 
ghost the dog that you guys yeah, have Yeah, it's our mascot. All the time. Yeah, we need to have a page on the website dedicated to just ghost. Because we're always talking about him. But anyway, so he's Austin Reed Sig. He was born January 17th, 1995, and his parents are Mindy and Robert Sig. Those are very normal names, by the way. For everybody. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I kind of agree with that author, because if I'm thinking of like a serial killer, you know, okay, like John Wayne Gacy, that is a... Or Jeffrey Dahmer. That is very, to me, a very nefarious type of... You know, a very scary type of name. This guy here, he sounds like he's going to sell me insurance. Yeah. And if you looked at him, his pictures, they probably you would probably think the, think the same thing. But then I was looking at his pictures too, and from the pictures they had of him, like kind of when he first, before he committed his crimes and when he first got arrested, he was kind of like this innocent-looking kid. But then it's like when he went to trial, he had put on a bunch of weight, and he kind of had more of a, to me, a sinister look. Sweet. Yeah. So anyways, when Austin was just a few years old, and I couldn't find the exact age, um, his mom and dad separated. Austin then went to go live with his mother in the Westminster, Colorado. Um, His father later remarried and apparently lived in a mansion in another town. So he became kind of well off. Yeah, a little rich kid. Well, the, the dad was. Um, so I couldn't find anything that told me what his relationship was like with his father after his father left. Um, but I do know that his father ended up getting remarried. So, um, he began elementary school at Maranatha Christian Center and then transferred to Witt Elementary School. Now, Witt Elementary School is going to come into play later. So just keep that in mind. He struggled with reading and writing from a young age, which some students do. Right. There's all kinds of reasons. It could be dyslexia or dysgraphia. Well, and this prompted his teachers to (laughs) suggest, isn't dysgraphia with the math though? Yeah, that's math. That's numbers. Um, To suggest to his parents that he get evaluated for any possible learning disability, which kudos to the teachers. Right. That's kind of their job though. Yeah, well, and that's right around the time when they started acknowledging the fact that there could be dis- learning disabilities, <laughs> yep. as opposed to when I was a kid, I was just a problem child. And still are. <laughs> you know what? Anyways, I'll talk to your mom. So, <laughs> pediatricians later determined that he may have attention deficit disorder. <laughs> However, I have ADHD, kind of on a severe level sometimes. I have never wanted to do the things this kid did. Well, everybody's so got you, different things going on in their brain, you know? Yeah, but I don't think you can blame it on ADD, honestly. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, no. So in 2008. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. While he was in middle school, his mother found child pornography on his computer. Not just pornography, child pornography. Okay, but we're, we're pointing that out, but he's a child himself. You're in middle school. Yeah, it's, but when it's not even, it's like pre, very prepubescent. That's still very un- no, no. I'm, I, I agree that it's a little gross, but yeah. and inappropriate. But consider his age. That's true. I mean, you do have to take that into consideration. You know, okay. And and I've brought this up before. Let's say that you're 13 and you're dating a 10 year old. But that sounds horrible, doesn't it? But it's only a three-year difference. Yeah, so let's say that you're 30, 
and you're dating a 27-year-old. People are like, no, that's fine. Go for it. Yeah. So, well, just like with an 18-year-old and a four, or a 15-year-old. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, so this 18-year-old's considered an adult, but a 15-year-old, but give it like three years, and it's not a big deal. Yeah, so that's why the... Yeah, keep it in perspective. With the child porn, while it is inappropriate... But then I'm wondering the degree of the child pornography, too. You know, because there is some very graphic... Um, sadistic child pornography, and then there's but naked would, pictures of children. It would have mentioned something like that. It would have said it was horrible. Kids are being yeah. That's shit. true. So, that's true. I'm just saying. Okay, so this um, pornography that she found on his computer would evolve into graphic and violent porn the older he got. But not with children, right? It doesn't say. Well, if it was, I'd appreciate sure it. I think it would continue. Yeah. yeah. So Sid had also developed some sort of anxiety disorder, which might explain some of his actions later. Pediatricians said it was this anxiety disorder that caused his impulses and porn addiction. I put port, but I don't know. Why. That's nice. His port addiction. Yeah, his porn addiction. Sometimes I have that same addiction myself. Yeah, to wine? With, no, with ports. <laughs> Depends on the girl. Dude. And what port you're at. Exactly. Okay. Apparently, he was prescribed medication, but there's no indication that he actually took these meds, which, you know, you and I suffer from, like, depression, anxiety, and everything. When we don't take our meds. It's a shit show. It is a shit show. Yeah. So, at one point, his stepmother, Susie, got him treatment in 2008, 2009 time frame at a faith-based center which sometimes could be more detrimental i was gonna say you know and it's, i mean i'm not saying all christians and everything are bad that is not what i'm saying no but, but sometimes faith-based centers treatment centers can be detrimental well like you know uh, when they say that i always think of things like the seventh day adventists who don't believe like i think they're the ones that don't believe like you can't have a blood transfusion you pray no to God. that is um jehovah witness no they believe in that too but i think the seventh day adventists no because my mom was a seventh day adventist they don't they don't i've read stories so where seventh day adventists Maybe have let their fucking kids ones. die because jesus will save them we just have yeah to that might be the more extreme ones like the waco yeah, well, I mean, and th- there's always extremists on 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 every level for every right. Na- it, it you know, doesn't sect matter and stuff. what yeah. what sect it is. If you're Baptist or Southern Baptist, which you know avoid Southern Baptists like the plague. Okay, depends. But um, white Southern Baptists, yes. Black Southern Baptists, no. Black Southern Baptists are rocking, man. Dude, they are. I That's where Elvis Presley got his start in music. I was gonna say, if I ever go back to church and decide that I had faith in God, which I don't, I'd be a Black Southern Baptist church because, man. That is some excitement yeah, right there. They're all about dancing and hallelujahs. Shit, and yeah, man. I'd be all over that. Like, what it, brother. Race. Yeah. I know, because I was raised Southern Baptist, too. So and I, I I loved black Southern Baptist. I'd be like, why can't we do that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> White people are boring. Anyways, so he would later say that the treatment did nothing for his addiction. And, you know, I keep going back to the pray the gay away. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Uh, yeah. That was on an episode of South Park, praying the gay away. Yeah. Well, it's also been in a lot of other things that I've seen. But in fact, his addictions only got worse. There were no, and then there were no other efforts by his parents to get him more therapy for his somewhat disturbing behavior. Because so Jesus is going to save him. I'm telling you, that's probably what it is right there. You know, yeah. If you keep praying, Jesus will save him from see, this affliction. It's bullshit. Is, whether you believe in God or not, that is not my issue. My issue is get 
your child some fucking help. My issue is have goddamn common sense. That too. There is a reason. Well, you know, it's not natural because we didn't pray about it. There's freaking medications for a well, reason, and boys and girls. Some reli- Use the goddamn Yeah, things. there are some religions out there, which I'm still trying to wrap my mind around, that do the rebirthing ceremonies where they actually wrap the child up in all these blankets and almost suffocate them if they don't suffocate them and have them, like, get out of it like they're re- rebirthing. Oh, that's not where my brain went. I, you said that. I think, who's putting babies back up in vaginas? That's illegal, isn't it? Yeah, if and it we're is, on the it, wrong man. show for me to mention that video you sent me that one day. <laughs> the one I sent you this morning? No, the one you sent me that one time where that girl was having that dream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was just... I forgot about that one. <laughs> Dude, I have not. Scott oh. traumatizes me a lot with his Almost stuff. on a daily basis. I Not quite so. daily. Thank God I have a little time to recuperate. But um, anyways, counselors at this center, the Christian Center, told his Sig's father that his computer and television activities needed to be monitored closely. Oh, that makes sense, though. It, it, it does, because a lot of stimulation depend. And if you don't have if you have mental disorders or learning disabilities, you start to believe it's reality. Exactly. So that, that I agree with 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah, because look at these people that go out and kill people, run people over because they think that Grand Theft Auto is a real thing. Oh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, but then it says... Wait a minute, can they pray the gangsta away? <laughs> I hope not, dude. I love <laughs> just... Tupac. But anyways, but very little was done about it. They didn't even monitor him. So it's like his parents absentee. checked out. These are absentee parents. Yeah, well, his mom was very much involved in his life, but it's, but it's like she just didn't want to acknowledge the fact that this bad was happening. Okay, but like I, if I don't acknowledge it, it's not there. But I've seen this before where parents are involved in their kids' lives. Yeah. But behind the scenes, maybe it's not 100%. Yeah, because you either have helicopter parents sometimes, <laughs> which drive their kids insane, or you have the the oblivious parents that's what i like to call them that, right that like let their child do whatever they want plus we're talking about during you know dad's remarried right so i'm thinking maybe yeah. the parents were just trying to almost and he does have a little brother i'm saying outdo each other like look i'm the fun parent yeah no, like they're so, both trying to be disneyland parents yeah and look boys and girls do yourselves a favor do your kids a favor be a real goddamn parent um, I know a, one child in particular. And I'm not going to name the child only because his mom will sue me. Um, but uh, she is a, or was a part-time parent. Now she's totally just out of the scene 100%. But um, Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And it was parenting when it suited her needs and goals. Yeah. When she was trying to impress people or like, exactly. I'm a good person. Yeah, and that that was yeah. the long and, and short of it. Like you're not doing your kids any damn no. favors by a spoiling them. No, you're right. You're right. And and being a part time parent, you're either in or you're out. Yeah, and see, and that's what I've said many times because my son's father decided not to be a part of my son's life, despite what I tried to you know do. And but then I've also said I was I would I'm glad he was an absentee parent as opposed to an in and out parent. Right, right. Because I think that's more detrimental to the child. Well, I'll tell you, and then we'll get back on track. This is just for people who are curious about different parenting styles and shit. Is the the father in question never spoke bad about this kid's mom. Ever. Because he decided 
I'm going to let him kind of figure this out on his own. Right, which I've done with my son, too, about his father. So. Yeah, and it uh, turned around, and, you know, the, the kid at first was like, you know, hey, man, my mom is fantastic. Oh, and yeah. And then uh, everything came to fruition. He's like, eh, not so much. Yeah, not so much. Not so much. Well, see, let's, I'll put it into perspective, too, is because my mom, and I can out her because she freely admits this, when I was younger, told me how horrible my father was. She left him when I was three, cut off all contact with him, with any of their friends that they had together, you know, all sorts of stuff. I didn't even know who my father was. I barely knew his name. And so when she talked horrible about him, I was like, he can't be that bad. And if he were around, this bad stuff wouldn't be happening to me. You know, so let's put it in that perspective, too, that if you down, if you like totally talk crap about your child's parent that's no, not there... They're going to hero worship them. Yo, totally. Because they can't be as bad as what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm so just, I'm that's just why saying, I wanted man. to put that in perspective there. So, uh, y'all want to say magic trick? Watch this. Tammy, you ever been tied up? <laughs> Fuck you, Scott. <laughs> there are some things you should never tell Scott, and that is one of them. But okay, that's I'm a sorry. long story. I, I, I had to. I had to. <laughs> I fucking hate you. Nothing but love. Nothing but love. I know. So anyways, apparently Robert, his father, did have a criminal history. Quite a criminal history. Ooh, do, tell, do, do you have details on I what he did? I do have some. He had charges of burglary, fraud, domestic violence, and DUIs. So wait, hold on. With the burglary and everything, in order to move into a mansion, you have to have a damn good income. Oh, he did have a damn good income. I think it was in, like, uh, infomercial or commercial production or something like that. Oh, okay. I, I believe. I'll have to double check. I don't want to. I just quote me don't know time. how people go from burglar to millionaire. That's all. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the burglary and fraud was earlier. Okay. Like maybe teenage years, early yeah, 20s, that early type of shit. Yeah, early 20 type Yeah, okay. That, that makes sense. We, I think. We all did stupid shit in our 20s. We all have. You know, but the domestic violence was actually, you know, Kind of recent. So that could be a catalyst. Yeah, he, he had restraining orders against him. However, there was nothing to indicate a history of child abuse. All of the domestic violence was spousal abuse. Okay, but even with that, when you're witnessing it That's true. As that a is child, a form of child abuse. And I'm not even going to say that. Okay? What it does, though, is it programs your mind at what's acceptable and what isn't. Right. You begin to think that it's okay to hit women and it's okay to tre- demean them. And is right. that what you're trying to say? Pretty much. You know, or this is how we handle, you know, uh, disputes. Okay. So to speak, you know. Yeah. So, you know, and that, that could translate into how people address uh, disputes out in public. Like, let's say that True. you're. Okay. You go over to Starbucks, everybody knows Starbucks, and you're waiting in line, and your name is Scott, like mine, and they say, Scott, your coffee's ready. But there happens to be two other Scots And they, they misspell your name because they always do because they can't get simple <laughs> names right because it's fucking Starbucks. Yeah, I don't know you how know? many times I've been Pammy or Sammy or... And somebody else grabs your coffee because you know that you're before them, right? hmm There's two ways you can handle it. So if you, if you have a right mind, you go... Hey, dude, what kind of coffee did you have? Oh, you had a, a chocolate latte? Well, I've got a caramel macchiato, and it says caramel macchiato on here. That's mine. Sorry. Or 
You can say, get your fucking hands off my drink, bitch. Exactly. Are you yeah. going to walk up to him and go, the fuck, man, you fucking piece of shit? And start the pushing him around. And, right. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is that watching this is going to show you how to respond. address yeah. Yeah, and, and, and address and respond to right. what is called a stress situation. Coffee could be a stress situation. Right. Uh, it could be you're sleeping and somebody comes into your room. Uh, your wife comes into the room to get uh, a pair of socks. And stubs her toe or bumps yeah, into the and, bed or and something. Wa- and wakes you up. There's different kinds of stressors. Mm-hmm. So he's watching this domestic violence go down, I'm assuming. Right. Um, and then, I mean, and keep in mind, though, that they separated when he was young. But still, that's very formative, too. Because that's when you start realizing you, your boundaries are being set and everything else. Well, define young, though. Does it give an age? Because no, to me, it 17 just says years, rather young. 17 years old to me is young. You know, plus, okay, let's put him at young. Okay, let's say that it's... Well, I think it was pre-elementary school. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Let's, let's do that. That's even That works in this Because it says a few years old, excuse me. Okay, so he's a few years old. Well, at a few years old, you already know what your limitations and what your world looks like. Yes. Your world looks like your mom and dad live together. Right. That there's some abuse going on, obviously. Yes. But this is your routine, and now that routine is changing. That is a stressor in a child's life. Right. Well, and not just that is you learn, because when you're, as a mother, you set strict boundaries when they're little. Well, yeah, because and then kids as are... they get older, those boundaries kind of expand or kind of fall away because they've shown trust and responsibility. Well, because they've learned new skills, like exactly. Like my my son is eighteen years old. Yes. When when he was, you know, from I would say time he could walk till maybe eight nine years old. If we cross the street, I was like, dude. You need to be right next to me, or you need to be holding my hand. Exactly. I, you need to be in my in my line of sight. Right. And I I told my I think he was almost eight years old before I made him stop holding my hand because you know this is before he had that fucking growth spurt. And I told him I said they will see me before they see you. Right. Well, now at eighteen years old, what don't I do? I don't make Jacob hold my hand, dude, because they'll see him before they see you. They'll see him from outer space. <laughs> He yeah. is. He's tall. like the Great Wall of China. <laughs> he is a tall, big. Yeah. So brick is my wall. son. My son is a fucking giant. So yeah. Um. So yeah. You, you're, you're learning your boundaries. Let's say that for argument's sake, let's say he's four. Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's do just one to four. You in, in that one to four years, you've seen what your world looks like, and now it's changed. But something important is happening. You're watching this domestic violence go down. So once again, it's programming you on how to respond to specific stimuli. Right. Because it does say the next sentence is that after his parents separated, his home life was very loving and calm. Like he didn't have. And we watched a movie the other yesterday that we kind of want to talk about in a special episode where this person experienced a lot of abuse and pain. And then yes. when she didn't have it anymore, she self-inflicted it. It's called LBC, Learn Behavioral Conditioning. Right. So if he's already learning that he has learned that, you know, there's arguments and disruption and, you know, stuff like that, to have that calmness would be very stressful for him. Yeah, because like I said, you know what your world looks like. 
Right. And while people go, hey, we're doing good because now it's calm and it's loving. Right. And, blah, and people blah, blah, blah. don't think about going from violent and everything to calm as being a catalyst, but it can. It very much can. Because it's a be. severe change. Because to have a severe change like that with any child, mm-hmm. y'all really underestimate your kids. You do. Because they absorb everything. They hear and see you, everything. You need to explain this shit to your kids. Yes. Even if they're four or five years old. Granted, yes. you, you can't speak to them like an adult and adult no. and use, no. you know, uh, you know, adult vernaculars and, and words. Right. But you can sit down with them and go, hey, look, mom and dad, we're not getting along so well. Your dad is going to go live over here and yeah. I'm going to live here. And you'll still get to see your dad. And you explain it to them. Now, at least in their mind, they can get kind of a... A baseline, okay. Right. Things are now they understand. Hey, things are going to change. Right. And because when things change, kids don't know that you know that things are changing. Right. They see things changing, but they're not. They know that you're aware of it, but they don't know that you're really aware of it. Well, yeah. Well, and I'll put. I'll like give a little aside here. When I was growing up, I was. I grew up in a very abusive household. My stepdad was the epitome of. I won't say evil because he wasn't going out there killing people. I Damn mean, it. I was hoping to feature him. Um, no, well, he killed animals, but let's not talk about that. Um, but he was very, very brutal. Okay. When my mom and him sat us kids down. I mean, and I'll even admit, I had fantasies of hitting him over the head with a freaking cast iron pan. I did not like Next him. Next on Brutal Nation. No, I was scared of him and I didn't like him and I didn't want to live that way anymore. No, it makes sense, yeah. Yeah, but when they sat us down, and I was in, before my teenage years, because I went to go live in Iowa when I was 11, so it had to have been back when I was like maybe eight, nine years old, because my brother was little too. They sat us down and said, we're not going to live together anymore, we're getting a divorce and everything. I cried saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make this happen, I will change, you don't have to get, I blamed myself. Well, that happens quite often too, but we'll get into that later on. Let's yeah. get back to Sig here because now Sig. our listeners are sitting there going, "What the fuck are these people yeah, talking no, about?" Yeah, no, because it's like I but kind it, of, it is all relevant. It boys will and girls. be relevant here in a minute. Other students at his school, though, say he was an intelligent individual, and this is this part didn't make sense to me at all, but kind of does. Although he is a bit odd, okay, he was teased a little bit, and I will have a picture on the website that shows some tweets about proof that he was being bullied that these people witnessed it about what was said and what was done to him but he was teased a bit because he was involved in concert choir and it was noticed that he had quite a higher pitched voice than the other boys males of his age in choir that's actually something that i would admire because if you can hit that high pitch as a male yeah, look at freaking adam levine man shut up (laughs) adam levine you have no testicles (laughs) Don't so piss go maroon, off Adam. He's going to sue Go maroon me. five your butt somewhere else with your no testicles. <laughs> Anyways, but choir wasn't his only interest. Well, okay? no, he had porn, which that's well, kind of my interest that, too. <laughs> he was also, and this goes on to the whole freaking what they are exposed to. He was also very interested in war, World of Warcraft. Very typical for the time. Call of Duty. Okay. And he had a small sword and knife collection. He was actually very interested in Japanese culture. Okay. He had like a kimono and a katana and stuff on his wall and Japanese dragon and stuff like that. Nothing wrong with that shit. No, exactly. Because my son has a katana. He's had it since he was like eight years old. This alone is not what made him odd to his peers, though. What made him odd to them was his obvious fascination with death. 
That's not odd. Don't don't roll your eyes like like for real. I didn't roll my eyes. I kind of heavy side. No, no, no. And I'm not even messing with you this time. Christ okay. Sakes. Because I'm not a serial killer. And let me explain my thing why I'm saying that. Because uh, you and I talked about this. I did a creative writing class when I was in high school. You did. And they said, hey, write the scariest horror story that you could. So right. I and did. Uh, those of us who are already infatuated with horror stories, we know where we're coming from. Right. You know, we and, know what's and, and I was a huge fan into. of people like, of course, Stephen King, but Clive Barker and right, right, Wes right. Craven, uh, that, that type of thing. So I wrote a very descriptive horror story, which wound my ass up in the principal's office with my mom. Saying he needs therapy now or he's going to be a serial killer. Yeah, that's exactly it. We're kind of concerned with the way Scott's mind works. Yeah, is because he abusing animals this isn't right and i told him you know i still remember the conversation the assignment was right write a scary horror story as scary as we can make it and i and that's what i asked she said, wasn't that the assignment she said, yeah that was the assignment did i complete the assignment properly oh you completed the assignment properly it was then what's scary. the problem that's what I, said. I don't see the problem with this well you're really descriptive and this is when you were in high school this was when i was okay. in high school I'm not a serial killer. I'm an entertainer. You are. But I'm not a fucking serial killer. And he uses very descriptive words when he describes everything. (laughs) Well, I have a huge vocabulary. Well, yeah, me too. Because I'm a visual thinker. So when I'm trying to describe something to somebody, I will go into very graphic description because I want them to see what I'm seeing. Yeah, and you're not a serial killer. And I'm going to add this. This is my disclaimer. On paper, folks, I look like a fucking genius. He does. In real life, I am a moron. He is. He is. Like, I am one step from drooling, wearing a helmet, and licking the windows, going, it's my favorite flavor. Clear. (laughs) Because I do stupid shit constantly. I need a new chair. This arm is, like, tearing up here. Oh, back to the budget again. Okay, we'll discuss that in post-production. Yeah, well... You don't listen to me, so. But I wasn't listening. What was that? <laughs> exactly. I, apparently, he even managed to have a girlfriend at this time. Good. Through middle school and high school. He should. So it's not like he was antisocial. Right, right, right. You know, which is common among people who are bullied and have all this, you know, other shit going well, on. It's very common life. when you're a sociopath, too. Yes. You know, not always, but it's common. Yeah. Apparently, him and his girlfriend met at a place called Warehouse 180, and it's a Christian teen social hangout. Now, Praise I, Jesus. No, well, yeah, and I will clarify here. I used to volunteer with youth programs, and one of them I volunteered with was a program called 180, and it was basically to take these kids who have, like, troubled home lives and everything, give them a safe place to congregate where they're not getting in trouble, not doing drugs, not committing crimes, and hopefully they'll do a 180. Oh, okay. It makes sense. So that's, you know, I don't know if this is the same kind of concept, but I know the 180 program, that's why it was called that. And then they had a 360 program where kids who had already gone through 180. Spin in circles. Well, no, it's like they oh. did another turnaround to help other kids. Oh, okay. Yeah, You cool. know, did, did a look back to help these other kids do a 180. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So these two were together through middle school. From middle school through high school. And she describes him as a very sweet guy and said she never got any weird vibes from him. You know, which you would think a girlfriend, and I'll get into it in a minute here, because his mother later reported that he, and this is why his parents fucked up. His mother reported that he would, on average, only sleep at their house maybe three nights a week while he was in high school. 
middle school and high school. She said that where he stayed those other nights was always a mystery to her. Apparently, she never asked and he never shared. Although it did come out later that at least one of those nights he would spend at his girlfriend's house. Okay. So when he was home, he shared a room with his younger brother and the decorations on his side of the room, you know, like I said, were rather normal for a child of his age. He did have the Japanese decorations that I explained, but he also had a Beatles Abbey road poster. So, you know, so it's very normal stuff. Yeah. He wasn't like me with, you know, pictures of like Freddy Krueger and naked chicks on his walls. Okay, did you have a picture of, like, Daryl Hannah or Cindy Crawford on your ceiling so you could see her every night before you went to sleep? No, my my mom was a little bit weird um, before she met my stepdad, and even after she met Stu. Um, one of the ex-boyfriends that she had had a subscription to Playboy. Oh, of course. Which kept coming to the house after she said, hey, hit the, hit the skids. So she said, here's a Playboy, because I know that you're uh, jerking the gherkin. <laughs> so knock yourself out. So I had those. Well, I had. See, at least she was accepting of that. And oh no, like, no, she made fun of me for it. years. She made fun of me for fucking years. Oh, of course she, she walked did. in on me. You know, typical childhood thing. <laughs> Jerkin um, the gherkin. I like that one though. <laughs> so I had like framed pictures of you know like naked chicks and then framed. Yeah, for, I had a couple of framed ones that were really freaking awesome. I was awesome. framed. <laughs> oh, yes, I was. <laughs> um, and then uh, my horror movie thing, which I had a. A big, uh, we talked about Fred Wilcox, my friend before, got me a huge Freddy Krueger poster. Oh, okay. That fit my whole entire door. So that was on there. And, you know, just different things. Because Fred and I both shared a, a love of, of horror movies. Oh, yeah. I love horror movies. But then my teenage years, I was infatuated with Donnie Wahlberg and the new Kids on the Block. So let's not go there. Whatever. <laughs> dude, Donnie, if you're listening, dude, just call me. No, don't run. Dude, anyway. I know you're married, but. Talk about, talk about Austin, God damn it! Why do you always say that every time I mention I like somebody? While in <laughs> high school, Sig discovered that he learned at a different rate than his peers, which you and I understand that because we did too. You know? Oh, yeah. I, I actually dropped out of high school because I was bored shitless. Um, so in the 11th grade, he too dropped out of school, obtained his GED, and went on to apply at a school called Warren Tech. And there he began taking forensic classes. Okay. He said it was because he wanted to become a mortician. Why would you need forensics to become a mortician? Hey, why not? Don't judge. Okay. But I'm still not seeing the correlation. But he even placed second in a health occupation students of America competition in the crime scene investigation category. I like him. Yeah. So he excelled at this subject. He then went on to attend Arapahoe Community College. And there, according to his brother, he took classes that taught him exactly how to commit a murder and get away with it. That's going to come into play in a little bit. Why couldn't I take those classes? Now, apparently, you I wouldn't didn't... have my neighbors I have right now. <laughs> Dude, I not like only. <laughs> I was robbed a little bit, just saying. Not only that, you'd probably be in a different profession. <laughs> We'd yeah, be, I'd be featuring you with somebody else. Yeah, probably. Next on Brutal Nation, Scott Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the part that gets me. I mean, as a mother, I don't understand this. He even went so far. As to practice zip tying his mother, but she claims it was for his classes at school, um, and she didn't think anything was wrong with it. Okay, maybe it's innocent, but seriously, sounds to me very inappropriate. Very. 
Because why not get him a doll or a dummy to that's practice exactly on? what I was thinking. You know, that yeah. just sounds very, hey, little boy, sit on my lapish. Yeah, well, and not just that. It's very, let me turn the... Turn my a blind eye to what's really going on, and it's for his class. Yeah, it's everything about that just really sounds, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this is yeah, I'm, yeah. Because I'm, I would never something. let my son do that to me. Maybe I'm missing something. It happens. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's find out. Um, on May 28th of 2012, when he was 17 years old, he tried to commit his first crime. Okay, he looked up how to make chloroform on the internet. Sound familiar? I have a poem about chloroform. Roses are red, violets are blue. I Does this rag smell like chloroform to you? I've heard that before. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. You know, it kind of sounds familiar because we discussed this in, an, I think, an episode two days ago where this chick looked up whether bleach could kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. And then we brought up Casey Anthony. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because she looked up how to do chloroform too, remember? Yeah, what a dipshit. Anyway, yeah. go ahead with Anyways, uh, Mr. Sig. So he looked up how to make chloroform on the internet, laced a rag with this conto- concoction, and tried to use it to attack a 22-year-old female jogger at a place called Westminster Park. I give it up to him, man. He's a teenager. He's going for the older women. At least he's not doing kids or anything. So you know what? Austin, kudos to you. Like, seriously, you're going for something that's way outside of your range. Okay, you're going to change your mind here in a minute about him in a totally different way. Oh, no, I still admire admire that he's going for something that's not, you know, beneath him. Okay. Like, you know, like a smaller creature. Okay. She was able to fight him off and escape. Yeah, I know. She described him, then this is it. She describes him to police. Okay, mind you, he's 17. She describes him as a 20 to 25-year-old white male, approximately 5 foot 7 of average build with brown hair. Hmm. <laughs> Age yeah. a little off there, well, baby. Not just that is when you're 17 years old, you still kind of have that little boyish face. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. I mean, your son's 18, and he still kind of has that kind of... He's 18, but in my head, he's still like, you know, newborn Five. from the hospital. Yeah. No, I, I look at my son that way, too, and he's 21. <laughs> and I've told him, I said, I don't care, you know, because he says, I'm not a child. You will always be my child. Oh, yeah. Okay. So authorities were then able to retrieve a DNA profile from her shirt, and they entered it into CODIS, which is the Combined <laughs> DNA Index System. And after the failed attack, he then went home. And left with his family for vacation to the U.S. Virgin Islands. Oh, party. So he, and then they said nobody noticed anything odd about his behavior at any point during this time. So he tries to commit this crime and then acts normal. <laughs> I love which, it. totally, what, isn't that like psychopathic behavior right there? Nah, perfectly normal. Oh, okay. Well, think about it, man. The kid's actually smarter than what you're giving him credit for. Are you going to sit there and be all sketchy and shit like that? Then people are going to be like, okay. Look here, Austin. Sit down. Something happened. Something happened. Now tie mommy up with your zip ties for your class. <laughs> and, and tell me and about tell it. Tell me what happened. Yeah. Fucking freaky okay, ass. Okay, so now I'm go- I'm going to sidetrack a little bit here, and then we're going to go back. Okay, Jessica Ridgeway was born on January 23rd, my birthday, uh, in 2002 in Westminster, Colorado. Her parents were Sarah Ridgeway and Jeremiah Bryden who later divorced, and then she went on to live with her mother, aunt, and grandmother while her parents were going through a custody battle. 
He, her dad, went on to go live in Independence, Missouri at the time. So, you know, she's 10 years old, in the fifth grade, and she's even on the Pee Wee cheerleading squad. So, you know, she's very active in school, very, you know, socially minded. Um, the squad would often practice at the high school where Sig attended. So, you know, he probably saw her. You think? Yeah, but wait, this is going to come. I mean, all of this is kind of going to come into play. It's going to circle back around here in a minute. Okay, so it's said that she was 10 years old going on 20, which we all know kids like that. They're kind of more advanced for their age, kind of adultish. Right. Actually, I've seen girls that were 14 that I thought were way older. Well, not just in their looks, but they say she was so responsible, so responsible for a 10 year old. That's rare. But then you talk about how your daughter was that responsible. Right. Yeah. You know, so it is possible. She took very good care of her dog. I mean, she'd take him out walking all the time, didn't have to be asked, and rarely had to be asked to do anything twice. Why can't I have a kid like that? You do, living your with daughter. Me. Yeah, but she was living with me. Oh, you did say living with you. Living with me. Okay. Okay, so that year in, two th- in 2012, she wanted to be a zombie lifeguard for Halloween. So that just kind of gives you her sense of humor. <laughs> right? I like this girl. I know, me too. And all who knew her said that she brightened up their lives because she was always smiling and she had a goofy nature about her. So I picture this sarcastic girl who's very responsible but likes to have fun. Yeah. You party. know? Yeah. Yeah. So Friday, October 5th, 2012, was the last morning Jessica was seen by her mother. Oh, okay. This is going down a path I don't think I like. Because I like this kid. I'm thinking, yeah, dang, you're not going to like two him daughters. later either. She set out walking to meet up with some friends. And from there, they were going to walk to school together. Now, Sarah, her mother, had just gotten home around 730 in the morning because she worked the night shift. Okay. Okay. But mind you, she also lived with her aunt and her grandmother. The way they had set things up, because her parents went th- going through a divorce and they were separated. He went to right. go live he, in Missouri. He, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I just wanted part. to catch up again. But so she lived with her aunt and her grandmother, and they had set it up that they all worked different shifts so that she was never home alone. Oh, no. Yeah, I've seen families like that. Yeah, yeah. and she was an only child, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. She, you know, came home from working the night shift where she saw Jessica getting ready for school. Apparently, Jessica had grabbed something to eat, called her friend's dad to make sure the arrangements to meet at, were, you know, at the park were still happening. You know, because she had made arrangements to meet up with a friend of hers at this park and they were both going to walk to school together. Okay. Sarah helped her finish get ready for school. And then when Jessica left, she made sure the child was bundled up since it was, had been snowing that day. She did not know it would be the last time she saw her daughter's beautiful face. That's jacked. Yeah. But, you know, if it was a good morning like that, you know she said she loved her. That's true. So it's, it's leaving on a positive note. Yeah. But still, Jessica never made it to school that day. Kind of like Kyron Horman. Ooh. You know? It's like, okay, he was in the vicinity, but he never made it in. She never made it to school. Okay? Now I'm going to go through a series of events. Okay? Because it's it's a timeline here. All right. Okay. 
it turns out she was actually late meeting her friend. Okay, so she ended up walking to school alone because um, her friend said when she didn't show up, he left without her thinking that her mom was driving to school since she seemed to be running late. He waited until 10 minutes before school and then had to ask his dad to drive him so he wouldn't be late. That makes sense, yeah. Okay, so supposedly she actually showed up to the meeting place shortly after he had left. And since it was already too late for her to turn back because she had already walked a quarter of a mile to meet up with him. And it's a, it's a walk she'd done all the time. It's not like it was just this is the first time. She'd right. done this walk a lot. Okay. Um, she chose to just continue walking by herself. Because if she went back home, she'd have been really late for school. Okay. Even though there had been reports in Colorado at that time of a male driving a white van trying to lure girls in with the promise of candy. And this is 2012. That's common. I mean, seriously, every time there's a child abducted, it's a white van. This and it's usually true. a white dude saying, I got candy. I got, come and, here, little girl. Come here, little girl. Yeah. Because my son my even van, makes jokes about candy. white vans. He was like, oh, that's a child abductor. Yeah, it's always nobody ever says it was like a it was like an SUV or it's always a fucking white panel van. Change the mo, fuckers. You have got some sort of sixth sense about you, don't you? Not sick sense, sixth, like the number six. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well. Anyways, Jessica was a smart girl, though. She would never fall for something like that ever. It doesn't sound like she would, man. This yeah. sounds like an advanced child. Yeah, very, very responsible. She's not going to be like, okay, give me some candy. I'll get in. <laughs> I, I, which is smarter than me. Because if they said... <laughs> you would do anything for candy, though. <laughs> if they said, hey, fat ass, I have some gummy bears in here, I'd be like, really? Are they cinnamon? <laughs> Are they fresh gummy bears? They're not all hard. No, they're fresh. I'm getting in the van. Okay. Oh, they're in your pocket? Okay. Yeah, that, that's me. You <laughs> yeah. know, and if they said bacon... Oh, I wouldn't even ask. I'd yeah. be like, is it cooked? I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, and this goes on to say that she had walked this route many times before, and she was always safe, and there was no reason to believe she wouldn't be this time. Okay? So, everything right now is normal, right? Yeah, fairly normal. She was abducted at some point along this half-mile journey. So, sometime after she made it to the park, which is, so, from the park is another quarter of a mile to the school. Right. The park's a halfway point. Yes. Kind of... So somewhere between, you know, when she passed a gold Jeep Cherokee parked on the side of the road. Booyah. I was just saying, for some reason, you mentioned SUV. And it's like, <laughs> how would you know that shit? It's ESP. I keep telling you. I know you do. I have like extra I said, you Scotty have, power. You have a sixth sense about you because it's, you have said some things to me that's like, how would you even know something like that? It's extra Scotty power. Okay. So inside this gold Jeep was a young man just waiting to grab her. Okay. Well, you would assume he's waiting because nobody says there is wait. I'm waiting for the sun to come up or anything like that. Right. I'm going to grab a kid. Well, no, and you'll learn so much more later on. Inside this, okay, I already said that. When she was not present at the beginning of the school day, school officials and the police actually called her mom. Well, yeah, this would be way out of the ordinary for her. Right, but her mom didn't get the message until later. She had gone to sleep after working the night shift and didn't hear her phone ring. Which you and I have been there. She's tired, man. Yeah. When she woke up around 4 p.m., she noticed Jessica wasn't home yet, which is not normal. When she, Then she checked her voicemail, 
Um, and she discovered that she had a 10 a.m. a message from 10 a.m. from the police telling her Jessica never made it to school. She immediately calls them back to tell them Jessica is missing. Yeah, okay, I, I would too. Yeah, she knew that something horrible had happened because Jessica never, unless she was sick, would have missed school for right. any other reason. I wouldn't think that she would. Based yeah. on what you told me, it sounds like she's a like was a very intelligent exactly. girl and very uh, regimented. Exactly. So then, mom went and started asking neighbors if they had seen her, and even went back to the school to look for her there herself. You know, she had a feeling in the pit of her stomach. That Jessica was in danger. She just didn't know if the child had been in an accident or taken. Okay? Missing posters went up everywhere. They described her as a 10-year-old girl with blonde hair, blue eyes, 4 foot 10, and weighing maybe 80 pounds. She, so she was rather petite. Yeah, and so in a... 17-year-old kid, even... Could if easily overpower her. Even if you're a small 17-year-old, yeah. that's a pretty easy overpower. Yeah. So everyone who knew her knew she was smart enough and safe enough not to get into a vehicle with anyone she did not know. So it was assumed, which rightfully so, she was either forcefully abducted by some stranger or she was taken by someone who did, she did know and she got into their car willingly. Right. Okay. It's usually the suspect, though. The first pe- people that they start with is, is known acquaintances. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, they started looking at the family. Yeah, that, that makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. That's, that's pretty and much protocol. And her father was ruled out quickly since he had a solid alibi in Missouri. You know what his alibi was? Probably at work. No. He was actually in court that morning to appear on child custody. Oh, well, shit, there you go. Yeah. That, that, that's a damn good alibi. That the judge it, is like, is no, not just work. dude was sitting right here. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm fucking looking at him. Yeah, the judge was like, no, he was in court. <laughs> I saw him. There's no way he could have been in Colorado when he was in Independence, Missouri, in court. Yeah, nobody's that damn yeah. fast. Not even the Flash. No. They did a thorough search of her house and surrounding areas looking for any clues to her whereabouts. Okay. On October, because remind you, this was October 5th, okay? On October 6th, the police, as well as family and the public, form a massive search party. Uh, yeah, she was a yeah. well-loved kid in her neighborhood yeah. and in her community. Exactly. I keep going back to Elizabeth Smart and how they had that huge search party, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they were scouring the normal half-mile route from her house to the school. They used search dogs and thermal sensors. Only to come up with nothing. Because remember, it's middle of winter. I mean, beginning of winter. Right. So thermal sensors, if she's alive, she's giving off body heat. Exactly. You're going to find her. Yeah. So nothing. They then issued an Amber Alert. Okay. okay, With her photo and description and placed purple ribbons around the route and her school to keep the public's attention on her disappearance. Okay. So October 7th. In Superior, Colorado, which is approximately six miles from Westminster, um, someone found her backpack. Upon inspecting the backpack, authorities found her glasses, boots, urine-soaked clothing, and a water bottle. Wow. Yeah. Apparently, someone found the backpack with the name Jessica Ridgeway on the bottle and posted it online for someone, for someone to claim them. Even though the Amber Alert was still active, the person who found the stuff didn't make that connection because it was six miles away. 
Well, not only that, think about on my phone, Amber Alerts come through. Oh, yeah, they're loud. All the damn time. Yeah. And do you really? Okay, here, let me pose a question. Who was the last Amber Alert that you got? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, me neither. I can't. Yeah. And, and whenever I'm going into Portland, which is only like um, two miles from where I live, right. into Portland, Oregon, there's big reader signs right at the border that give you Amber Alerts or traffic conditions and, and right. silver well, alerts. Right. Well, and it, doesn't it still say support. about that guy who's missing from Cornelius? Uh, Probably. I know it did That's, for a while. Yeah, you know, but I can't tell you who the hell these people are. So yeah. if, if I had an Amber Alert come across my phone or on the reader board that said... Unless you're going to be in that area, I really don't pay attention to it. Even them. if I'm in that area. Oh, If really? it said Jessica Ridgeway, Amber Alert... Right. I probably wouldn't remember the name. Well, and what gets me is I always thought they had to have more description than just a name and... For him, because every Amber Alert I have seen has always given you a description of the vehicle or the person that they're with. But they don't know the damn vehicle that she's in, do right. they? Well, that's my thing. Is that's so why how the I was fuck are they going to tell you that the there's Amber a Jeep Alert. Grand Cherokee going on when they don't know? Right. But like I said, that's why I was confused on how they issued the Amber Alert. You know what I mean? That's based on the information they have. They can only okay. give you what they have. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Okay. So... Someone else who saw the notice online did make the connection, Good. and they notified the police. Sweet. Okay. So the detectives were able to actually collect DNA from the water bottle in the backpack. Ooh. So apparently, this person either touched and or drank from this water bottle. He was thirsty. Yeah. Probably would be after abducting somebody, right? Hey, it's thirsty work, man. So, which they entered this information into CODIS, and of course, it came back a match to those of the suspect in the attack on the lady from the park earlier that year. Okay? They thought that finding the backpack was a good sign, that Jessica was still out there with her kidnapper somewhere. I okay? wouldn't think so, because you got piss-soaked clothes in That's there. what I was thinking, too. But, however, and then they last launched another massive search party because I have pictures of it in the area where they found her backpack. Kind of makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So, however, concern was quite high as the young girl really needed her glasses to even see anything. Oh, damn. Yeah. They said that one article said she could barely see in front of her face. Like, right here. Brutal. Yeah. Um, Police then dispatched a crew to focus on the superior area trying to find any leads to where Jessica might be. Okay? Got it. Now, let's go on to October 10th, three days after that. Authorities receive a tip from Arvada, a town nine miles from where Jessica's house is, and someone had discovered human remains in a trash bag in this place called Patridge Park. Oh, shit. The remains were deemed not intact. Okay, Apparently, this part was an this part of town was an old mining area that still had a lot of structures still standing for people to explore. Okay, okay. So it's not really considered like a drug hangout. It's, it's like a ghost town. Yeah, kind of. That's what I imagined too. The bag with the remains had been covered with a white sheet by the police while they searched the rest of the area for more evidence. Okay. Detectives and law enforcement described the area as being a gruesome crime scene, especially since the remains were that of a child's torso with no limbs or head attached. Holy shit. But there's there will be more in a little bit. I can't even begin to fathom 
what those officers at that scene later had to do in order to get past the things they had seen. I would actually very much agree with that. Because it's bad enough when you see, because I had a really good friend die while I was there. Um, he had been sick for a long time, and I still dream about that. I couldn't imagine coming across just a torso of a 10-year-old child. I can't imagine being the parent because you're going to find out how they discovered oh, yeah. your child's body. You have to. It's bad Especially enough. when you're going through court. I mean, what you know, what, you got to think of what's, what's worse. The, the, the cops show up and say, hey, we found your child. But. But. Yeah, because they would have to say you can't identify the body. You can't see her. Exactly. Which every parent would want to do. And you would ask what question? Why? Exactly. Why exactly. can't I see my child? Exactly. So with DNA collected, they were able to identify the remains as Jessica and set about the horrible task of notifying her family. Jesus. Okay. The medical examiner report states that the body had been cleaned her intestinal organs had been removed and there was a foreign object found inside. Keep all this in mind. I am. Okay. I will. I'm going to circle like you do. I will circle, <laughs> circle back. back. I will. Like I said, I even said this. I'll explain more about that a little later. So the report also states there was DNA on the body, but does not say what the DNA source was. Doesn't say if it was saliva, blood, epithelial Semen. cells. Anything like that. Right. Yeah, semen, whatever. Um, as with the, all cases, the police still were looking for at those who were close to the victims first. Um, even though they had ruled out the father, they still had not ruled out her mother. Okay? So when they questioned her father about whether the mother could possibly be involved, all he could say is, I don't see how any parent could do something like that to their child. But we've seen it happen. Yeah. So, you know, also during this time, she made a public statement that lasted for 38 minutes saying, I understand why they're doing this and I'm cooperating with them fully so they can quickly rule me out and find the real suspect. It makes sense, though, to right. me. You know, I, I, I know that on the surface that might sound a little nefarious, uh, no, you know, or sketchy, but well, I yeah, understand. We've seen it before, like Susan Smith and shit. Right, you know, yeah. but you know, so I mean, somebody like you or I can look at it and go, ah, I've seen this pattern before, but I wouldn't automatically put my finger at her because, as a parent myself, I'd be like, hey, look, do what you got to do with me, okay? Whatever you got to do, but get your shit done and go find the person that killed right. my kid. Exactly. And while you're looking at me, look at other options too so you're not just focused on me. Exactly. And you're losing that trail. Right. And That's what I would say. They probably keep looking at me because of my mouth. I'd be like you guys are just fucking yeah. around. Yeah. Well, no, and there and I remember seeing there's been several times in the news where I will see a parent at a news conference giving like, you know, where's my child, blah blah blah, my child's missing, and I've looked at them and said that person's involved. I did it with Casey Anthony. I did it with Susan Smith. And I did it with that chick in Texas who drowned all of her kids. What about what about Scott Peterson? He did the same thing. Oh, yes. Where Very everybody was so. giving him the, the sympathy going, oh, this poor man. He lost his wife and he's she was pregnant. Dick. Oh, my God. We feel so bad for him. As and, he's running off to Vegas with another woman. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and he's the one who did it. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So we've, we've, we've then, seen pieces of shit like that. And literally, yeah. you know, and, and you know what? If you want to sue me because you are one of those pieces of shit, 
bring it on. That's fine because you're still a piece of shit. Yeah, and those people though can't. Can you honestly tell me that you looked at Scott Peterson while he was doing that and say, "Oh, that poor guy"? I looked at him and said, "He did it." I looked at him and I thought to myself, "I know what he's saying, but something isn't, isn't right. right." But see, and then let's go back to Elizabeth Smart's parents. When they were on TV, I was like, oh, my God, they lost their child. Yeah, oh, totally. I totally believe them because you see that different dynamic. Right. It's, it's body language. There's a whole psychology behind yeah, it. We can go into that like way later. Let's yeah, talk about like hiding anything. So anyways, so on October 17th, okay, this is 10 days after they find the body, okay, police begin air canvassing the area of town where Sig lived, okay? Because they lived in the same town, but not in the same neighborhood. Right. Okay? And they say that they had cadaver dogs and search dogs, too. And Mindy, his mother, actually told the authorities that she lived at the house with her two sons, but they had no cause at that time to search the house. They were just going around collecting any information from people. Right, doing a door-to-door. Exactly. And so they did write down all the details she was able to provide them. When they questioned the rest of the neighborhood, though, they noticed the neighbors were on high alert and quite shook up because they noticed Sig's behavior recently to be a bit odd and disturbed. That's so teenagers. Cha- no, but it was changing from the way he normally was. I dig that, but... <sighs> Teenagers, and he's still seventeen. I know, but teenagers change. This is true. You too. know, some one minute your teenager can be everything is just fine and dandy, and then they're sullen like two seconds later. Yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden they're sullen or they become a total asshole, um, and then they're back to where everything's good. It's you know, th- there's a lot of hormones at work here. Yeah. So, for me, I wouldn't sit there and go, "Oh, we got to look closer at this guy." So much, you know what I mean? Because that's just what fucking teenagers do. Right. That's true. That's true. Okay, so October 19th rolls around, which is two days later. Investigators actually receive a tip from one of his neighbors, uh, who was actually a friend of his mom, that led them straight to him. Okay? The tip detailed his obsession with death and a silver cross he wore around his neck. What the fuck is a silver cross? You'll find out in a minute. I'm hoping I do, because he gave me a look and you said... And a silver cross okay, that he wore yeah. around his neck. You'll find so out. That hasn't in a played minute. in here so you, far. No, you'll so. find out why a cross itself is significant. Huh. Okay. okay. He dropping shit over on the I almost side did. Of the so they questioned him at the time and then searched his home, but they couldn't find enough evidence to charge him. Okay. They also searched his father's house, um, which he lived in a town southeast of Denver. Okay. And they searched his father's place because it was on such a large estate that they thought he could have found a place to hide the rest of Jessica's remains. Right. Okay. Okay. Makes Which sense. makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. So at this time, they were able to procure a DNA sample using a cheek swab. Okay. And which is just, you know, cotton swab in the mouth. I've had it done to me before. Yeah, I was just, I, I've got mine on file. Yeah, me too. And then I had to do it again when my ex-husband tried to deny my son was his. But um, so they so they compared it. They took it to compare with the sample they retrieved from the items in Jessica's backpack as well as the jogger's shirt. Okay? Keep this in mind. Oh, I can see where this is going. Okay. He could feel the pressure mounting, and so he started to flip the fuck out. Uh, yeah, because he's a teenager and doesn't have those coping skills. Exactly. Exactly. Well, see, and that's just it. That's what it says, too. On October 22nd, which is what, three days later? 
He felt sick, like sick to his stomach, sick. And told, I would too if yeah. the cops were hot on my trail and, and just murdered told somebody. His friends, he wasn't going to school that day. Okay, it's also unknown whether he did often did this, but that night he slept in his mother's bed. See, see. His relationship with his mom is getting more and more freaking creepy. But still, now, no, hold on. You're 17 okay. fucking years old. You're tying your mother up, and she's okay, saying, that, "Go ahead and do it." And I now you're sleeping in her bed. That right okay. there. That see, that's freaking inappropriate. See, I didn't look at it as that. As a child, even though he's 17, almost 18, he still was that child who wanted to be comforted. Okay, I dig that, but because everything I sat on my mom's, I would sit on my mom's lap till I was like 25. I was hoping your mom would sit on my But um, everything I about that, you. what's happening right there, I don't, I, wh- however you feel about it, it's fine. It's fucking inappropriate. You don't tie, yeah. what parent out there? And you know what? If you are one of these parents that say, hey, I would let my kid do that, please email. And, 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 and explain to me why. And, yeah, explain to me why. But it's not just a tying up. Oh, it's for his class. It's okay. Which to me leads to bondage. But you're damn near an adult. Sleeping in your parents' bed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's... Yeah, because my son stopped calling into bed with me when he was like 12. Okay. My son's 18. Okay. You're older than, than 17. When we were coming back from Las Vegas when he graduated. Um, you had to get a hotel room. I had to get a hotel room. I remember room, that. And I got it with two beds yeah. instead of one big king size bed because he's a fucking adult. And he's, yeah, even in a king-size bed, that's still not very much room for the both of you. Well, no, that's I mean, true. He's, I've he's shared a, big a bed boy. with my son recently in a hotel because we were get, trying to get a room, and the only room available was a queen. Okay, that I totally understand, but you're not letting your son do weird things like tie you up. Oh, hell no. That's exactly my hell point right no. there. In and of itself, either no. one of those is odd, but not really unusual. Like, if, if, if you said, if, if you were to say, hey... I let Bullfrog tie me up because he's taking a class on, you know, that, that this relates to. I bet that's pretty fucking weird. Okay. Yeah. No, I would or, never. Or saying what you just said. Hey, Bullfrog and I had to share a bed together because that's, you know, that's what mm-hmm. they had was one king size bed. Okay. Odd. Actually, it was queen size, but let's not get into Damn. that. I was like falling out of the bed. I'm like, okay. Odd, but, you know. That was the only room available okay. to us, so. But when you put those two things together, if you were to come at me and say, hey, Bullfrog to- tied me up. And there's a reason why I call him Bullfrog. Just don't there even is. judge. Um, yeah, you know, I don't give his name out. And, but. and we shared a bed together. You know what that says to me? There's a little bit of freaky deaky going on. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I kind of agree with Everything you. about the relationship that you told me right now See. is so Fucking inappropriate. Yeah, see, and I didn't tie that in. I just looked at it as a child seeking comfort. No, I, okay. I see everything, the way that she's talking to the cops that you're telling me, the yeah. way she's handling her kids, letting them tie her up, share a bed. Everything about that screams freaking inappropriate. Yeah. Okay, so the next morning, the police are called because he wanted to confess to the crime. Okay? October 23rd, the next morning, He confesses to his mother that he had murdered young Jessica, but emphatically, emphatically states he did not rape her. Okay? Okay. So his mother made a call to 911, and I'm going to give you an excerpt. I'm going to read verbatim what was said. Okay, go for it. Mindy says, hi, um, I need you to come to my house. Um, My son wants to turn himself in for the Jessica Ridgeway murder. 
dispatcher. And what's going on there? Ma'am, are you there? Mindy, did you not hear me? He just confessed to killing her. Uh, that's why I'm wor- wondering about the 911 person. You just told that 911 operator exactly what's happening. So, is everything okay at your house? Yeah. Are what you the there? Fuck? Are you there? Yeah. Jesus okay. fucking Christ, man. Okay. The dispatcher says, I know. I want you to tell me what's going on. Can you tell me exactly what he said? Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Mindy. That he did it and gave me details, and her remains are in my house. Holy shit, what? Yeah, I'll explain why the cops didn't find them in a minute. The dispatcher then asked if she could speak to Austin. So Austin gets on the phone. Austin says, I don't exactly get why you're asking me these questions. I murdered Jessica Ridgeway. Dispatcher, okay. Austin, there is. I have proof that I did it. There is no other question. You just have to send a squad car down here. There's more to it, too. But, okay, so this is what's said. Okay, you know, I'm going to kind of take back what I said about the 911 operator because I can kind of see where they'd want to keep him on the phone while well, the yeah, cops are Well, yeah, I will get into that in a coming. second. Yeah, because while he, he was change on his the mind, phone with the dispatcher, bail. he also confessed to attacking that woman in the park. Oh, well, shit, at least, at least yeah. he's confessing to his crimes. And said to them, I received a speeding ticket that day in that area. Check it out. Holy shit. Yeah. Props to Austin for being honest about it. Like, seriously, if you're going to... Yeah. Don't give me that look. Let me explain why. A lot of our serial killers... Oh, yeah. They will totally defer everything. They'll be like, okay, they caught me on these murders right here. Oh, yeah. No, I killed these three people. But in reality, they killed like five more. Yeah, Or ten. Or or ten or whatever. Yeah. And they don't find out about it way later. And Austin's manning up, so to speak. So to speak. And he's saying, hey, look... I did this. I need to be punished for my crimes. I'm turning myself in. Not just that, but you know that jogger that got attacked? That's me too. Here's all my proof to it. I'm your dude. Okay. That's when he also informed the dispatcher that some of Jessica remains were still at the house in a crawl space underneath. That's why the cops didn't find them. Dude, they couldn't smell that? Uh, No, it'll explain why in a minute. The crawl space also held a pot plant. And he was a known smoker. Yeah. Hey, hey, don't give me that shit. We're demonizing him for smoking weed. I'm not. That's fucked up. Okay, look, if you're demon, especially in Colorado. I was going to say, that was the first state to legalize it, and it was legal back then. So get up off the kid's ass about smoking pot and growing any pot, all right? Uh, yeah. Fuck off with that. And that stuff. was before the legal smoking age was twenty one. That was the one was eighteen. Yeah, he's pretty so, close. Get yeah. up off his ass about smoking a little, little Yeah, weed. I was smoking cigarettes at ten, so I have no fault here. Um, You're such a criminal. I am. He began the conversation very calmly and was quite matter of fact, but he became frustrated as the dispatcher kept asking him questions. Now, this is what I'm going to bring up with you. Some people have literally gone online and criticized this dispatcher saying she was annoying. But when you think about it, like you mentioned, she was doing her fucking job. Right. Because, okay. and, And here's the thing. Right now. Austin is being honest, okay? Right. He's saying, I'm your dude. I've got all the evidence. I'm going to show you where it's at. You know, come right. and get me. But right. what if, what if that phone gets hung up? Click. And then Austin sits there and really thinks about what he's done. I could, I don't know. Kill if def- my mother and get the fuck out. Uh, I need to flee. Yes. You know, because I don't know if uh, Colorado has a death penalty or not. but uh, They do. They do? Okay. So I can get the death penalty for this if I'm tried as an adult. At bare minimum, I'm going to get locked up for the rest of my life. 
I made a mistake by confessing. I should have kept my mouth right. shut. So now the cops are having to chase him down. So you know what? Don't give that dispatcher any shit. She actually did a really good thing because, mm-hmm. you know, people regret what they've done after the fact. You never oh, yeah, regret it's shit re- It's like buyer's to. remorse, yeah. Right, you know? Yeah. Nobody in the recorded history of fucking ever has regretted something they did before they fucking did it. Yeah. Well, and this is what, and th- th- they actually say, they go on to say wh- exactly what you said. She needed to keep Sig talking, not just to get more information from him, but to keep him on the line so that when the police arrived, they would know what the situation was that they were walking into. Exactly. And that could save the co- not just yeah. the cops' lives, but it could save Austin's lives, too, because I'm thinking about it from, and I'm not law enforcement by any means. I never no, have but been. but suicide by cop. I'm thinking, well, not just that. As a law, uh, From a law enforcement point of view, I'm thinking if I was a cop and somebody said, hey, we just had a call in. This kid named Austin Sig just confessed to this murder and the attack of this jogger. And he hung up the phone. And he hung up the phone. I'm thinking, this is a threat. This is somebody who's already killed somebody and attacked an, a, an adult that's right. older than him. And then... I'm he, walking into a dangerous situation. Right. So what does it take for your brain to snap like that? Right. And, and he's got his mother there. Does he have her hostage? We can't just go storming in because he might kill her. Let's take it even a step further. Austin himself answers the door. He says... I'm your guy, and reaches back just to do something like, hey, I've got an itch on my back, and just reaches back. Oh, yeah, they riddled him You're with You're reaching bullets. for something, and now, guess what? You've been killed. Yes, exactly. So this exactly. wasn't just for the cop's safety. This is for Austin's safety. So for and his those, mother's safety. And his, everybody's safety involved. Yes. So if you're criticizing that 911 dispatcher. Fuck you. Fuck you. Get off your goddamn high horse. Use your damn brain. Yeah, get off the internet, get out of your mom's basement, and fucking live your life. Damn. Yeah. Just, okay. Some people. I'm so, sorry. I got to put on my soapbox for a minute. I know. I'm just, no. Because I, I'm, I'm glad that that people took measures to protect Austin's life. Exactly. Because I want to see him pay for his crimes. Okay. Oh yeah, that's who. But if they, if he gets himself killed before yeah. he can be, you know, stand trial. And that's not really closure for the girl's parents. It, yeah, it's, it's not closure for the parents. It's not closure for the because relatives. Because they don't know what the fuck really happened. It's not closure for the community. Exactly. Exactly. And it's certainly not closure. Let's not forget Austin's mom, Mindy. Exactly. You know, let's give the, even though Austin's the killer, let's give him, his family, a little bit of closure as well. Well, and not just that, is your family cannot be blamed for your actions. Exactly. My brother, Phil, is a piece of shit. And I don't blame my family for him. No. Now Phil's going to sue me, too. I was going to say, he's the type probably would sue you, Scott. You wonder why I have attorneys, huh? Yeah. Because this. Because I'm me. Yeah. And no Phil. Well, you know, my friend already knows that she's to call you if I ever get in trouble. Because even if I have to pay you back, you have attorneys <laughs> that'll help me. Yeah, it's not a problem. <laughs> okay, so... The dispatcher managed to keep him on the line until the officers arrived. And then when they got there, they actually found Sig and his mom physically ill. They were throwing the fuck up. Well, because now they're talking about a chopped up yeah. piece of body. Yeah, and they were in a full-on panic attack, which I've had panic attacks since I was like six, seven okay. years old. This reverts back to stressors. Yes. Because now you... Okay, there's one thing... Clear, everybody clear your mind for a minute, okay? Because we're going to do a little exercise to that Shut might Shut your eyes. No. <laughs> Close your eyes and envision an ocean. No, I'm just kidding. So, okay. Put yourself in Austin's place and his mom's place. 
Right. Okay? If I'm talking like we are right now, it's just me, you, and the dog ghost in, the, in this room right now. Yeah. And ghost is sleeping. And I came to you, and I said, Tammy, I need you to help me out. I need you to call the cops. I want to confess that I killed Joe Smith. Right. Okay? That's our fictitious guy. I have not killed anybody. Yeah. I can prove this. John Doe. Yeah. Because his remains, while they did find the torso, his head, arms, and legs are in the crawl space underneath this house. Yeah. And on top of that, I attacked a jogger. I'm that guy. Yeah. And I got proof to do it. And if that Call. was my son, I'd, I'd literally be throwing up. So, well, even before that, now everything's calm yeah. because we're having a conversation. We know each other. Yes. So now you make the call, right? Yes. Now the police are at your door. Yes. Law enforcement by itself. It's stressful. It's stressful. You Even when you're driving on the road. Oh, yeah. When what? I see a cop pass me, I always check my rear mirror and keep checking to see if he's turned around and followed me. Exactly. Even if you see a cop that's just radaring people. Oh, yeah. A stressor kicks in. You automatically slow down. Yeah. You know, you're never like, hit your brakes, but slow down. Even if you're doing the speed limit. Yes. Okay. All of a sudden you're like, oh, I better fucking slow down. No, you're fine. He's not chasing you. Yeah. You know, I did that just but now, today, actually. <laughs> now you have two authority figures of aggression. And right. I'm not saying that cops are aggressive. Okay. No, no, I'm no. Authority figures of aggression. Right. You have armed people. Right. At your door. And I'm pretty sure they had their guns drawn. I wouldn't even say guns drawn. I know that probably one of they were ready to draw them because yeah. it, that that's um, escalation of uh, of uh, escalation of a uh, ah, damn it. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, use of force. Ex- okay. Escalation of force. So you don't automatically. I had to take a whole class on this shit. I dude. bet you did. Um, you don't automatically draw a weapon. You survey the area first because once that weapon uh, yeah, is out. And you out, take the snap off and you like have it ready to go. Right. Okay. Um, you, you need to survey it first because once you've drawn that weapon, you've introduced a new level of right. force. And you're on high alert then. So, okay, well, let's put that into perspective. We'll get back to the rest of this. If I was a cop and I was giving you a ticket and mm-hmm. I said, Miss Underwood, I'm going to write you a ticket right now for speeding. You were doing 15 miles over the speed limit. Here's your stuff back. Have a nice day. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a certain level of force because now right. I've, I've issued it to you. If I come at you and my gun is at my side and I use those same words, Miss Underwood, I'm going to write you a ticket for speeding. You were doing 15 miles over. That's a whole different use of force because right. I have introduced a weapon that that gives you a very specific message, which is I intend to do you harm. Yes. Whether you intend to do me harm or not. Yes. That weapon is out. It's exposed. Right. It's naked in your hand. Right. I just paid my pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. I do every time I see a Vancouver cop. So <laughs> That's another story. Yeah, that's a whole different story. But yeah. So now, that's probably why they were sick, though, is that this new stressor gets introduced into the into the formula, into the mix. Right. Now you now things are becoming real because there's, there's a big difference between sitting here and talking about it. Mm-hmm. And now it's become real. Law enforcement's at your door. You know the end game. Right. And there's only a few ways it's going to end. Yeah. You know? And now, a person's mind... You want to know who writes the scariest stories? You do. That's true. In our own minds. We write our own worst stories. Oh, yeah. Now, you have cops at your door. Right. They know that you're a murderer. Right. They know that you've attacked somebody. Exactly. These cops are going to shoot me. Oh, yeah. These cops are going to beat me. 
Oh, yeah. These cops are going to tackle me to the ground. Yeah, they're going to hog time me. They're going to throw me in a vehicle. Yeah. Very rarely does anybody sit down and go, these cops are just going to put cuffs on me and leave me out. That's no. all that they're going to do. We assume the worst. We do. We do. So I always go worst case scenario every time. So with that amount of stressors uh, mm-hmm. at play, and plus now you have to revisit what you did. You're oh, going to yeah. have to revisit the, the body parts along with your mom. Yeah. So, yeah, that I can see what that would bring on, panic attack and vomiting and oh, yeah. everything like that. Well, and you know me that if I'm stressed out anyways, before I have to fly on an airplane, I'm throwing up like yeah. two days before. Like literally in the bathroom, heaving. That's why we got to get you over that shit for when we get ready to fly. Because yeah, we got well, places to go. You know, I oh. don't fly. I don't puke on the plane, but as long as you have alcohol and volume in me. Hopefully up to Michigan because there's one. That oh, I'm dude. Visit. No shit, yo. Anywho's. So detectives on the scene actually read him his rights. Yeah, and he waived them. Then they read his mother her the rights because he was still a minor. Correct. So she waived them as well, so that he would be able to make a full statement to the officers without any hindrance. See, okay, I respect that. I, Me I, too. While while we are demonizing Austin and his mother, kind and of. his mother, because yeah. I still think there was something freaky going on there. They're trying now to do the right thing even though it's after the fact right. why are you getting naked in the I'm, goddamn studio i'm taking i have a tank top underneath i have to put this lotion on my shoulder because my shoulder i have a really bad shoulder oh. and it's- i know that's inappropriate to say during a murder podcast but all i saw was a shirt come off and i've got a big monitor in front of me but i i have a tank top on <coughs> no because i'm rubbing this stuff in and my shirt was getting in the way sorry it's okay. I'm over here coughing up a storm because the allergy pill hasn't kicked in yet. So they were actually able to arrest him with no resistance or struggle. He just said, okay, cuff me. Let's go. Fantastic. So it's he smart, went with smartest them, move. Yeah. He went with them willingly. That's the smart. Because okay. a lot of people, when the cops are trying to arrest them, what do they do? Like I call it the Florida man uh, <laughs> syndrome. They're all, You'll never take me. I'm changing my mind. Um, guess what, buddy? You're not going to take me alive. They're going to take you. Yeah, dead or alive. <laughs> One way or another, you're yeah. going. And probably you're going to go there alive because they're just going to tase you. Or they're going to tackle you, and they're going to beat your ass. Right. And you're going. So exactly. he did the right thing. So exactly. kudos on that, Austin. I, I Believe me, as I'm, I'm telling it's you It's hard this, for me to give you any props, but yeah, good job. You know, I, thank you for going willingly. Right. I, I respect your, your decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, this is where the story gets more bizarre. Oh. And grotesque. Go for it. Okay. I'm glad you're sitting down because I'm about ready to cry and throw up at the same time. According to an affidavit, and you can find this affidavit online, um, the initial DNA retrieved from Sig, because remember, he confessed before the DNA came back. Right. But, and... I'm going to bet it's seminal fluid. Oh, Okay. The initial DNA retrieved from SIG was tested, and it came back negative, Scott. I'm sorry, what? How yep. did it come? So he, should, he would have known it was negative, I think. But, but I'll get into this in a second. Everything's going to tie well, together. Okay, well, I, I, I'm, no, I'm missing more... something, and here's why. He's confessed. He knows what the body parts are. He has the body parts. That's all good, right? Mm-hmm. There's DNA on him. How did she get? You'll find out in a second. Please, because seriously, I'm I'm a little disturbed no, right now. No, well, like I said, it gets more bizarre and more grotesque. Now I'm in a stressor position because my brain's going a million miles a but second. But you know trying what? Unlike with the one you presented me yesterday, this is not going to have so many unanswered questions, Scott. It's not my fault. All I can find and all the researchers can find is what we find. 
This is true. This is true. You know, and our researchers give us a little bit, but we have to, we actually do the majority of the research. And a lot of fucking digging. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, a lot of digging. I because mean, fucking, you, would, we can't you know what? You find more information on like page 10 or 12 of Google than you do on one or two. I'm just saying. I just wish we had a bigger budget so we could hire a whole team of fucking people to do yeah, this. Yeah, me but too. But goddamn studio and the production company's too damn cheap to. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm not going to say that about our bosses. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will. No, I won't. <laughs> okay, so. His DNA did not match any of the DNA collected from the backpack, body, or jogger. Okay? okay. This detail has been reported. It's actually been reported incorrectly on many blogs and podcasts already. Because some people are saying that it was a, it was a lab technician error. And then when they retested, it did come back positive. Untrue. Make sure you note that in the notes for this podcast. Yeah. Well, I, it's right here. It'll be on there. Want to make sure. Yeah, no. Dead serious. Some podcasts, blogs, everything have gotten it so wrong. Because they do say, well, it came back negative, but that was due to a lab technician error. And when they retested, it came back positive. Untrue. They have a lower budget than we do. Okay, that makes me feel good. The affidavit itself states that the test was negative and it stayed negative. Okay. Okay. A little confusing, but okay. Yeah. I would have been more comfortable um, if it came back positive, but okay. Yeah, and I even found one to two credible sources other than this affidavit that highlighted the information in the affidavit. Okay, cool. Okay, like only one or two say sources, and they were very reliable. Um, remember when I told you that his brother said about the classes he was taking? Yeah. How they were teaching him how to commit murder and get away with it? Right. That would teach him how to put, to DNA, put DNA on another person that was not his. That would make sense. Yes. Okay. I think that this child was more spot on than his seemingly innocent comment intended. Do tell. Well, I'm just saying because, you know, because he made the comment before. You know, well, yeah, I mean, before he found out about this, because he made him when his his brother first started attending these classes and he knew what his brother was studying. Right. OK, I think that when he made that comment, it was almost a foreshadowing. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. because like I said, why would you need those forensic classes if you're just going to be a fucking mortician? Well, that's true. OK, Sig more than likely took extreme care to make sure none of his DNA were found on Jessica's remains or her belongings. Because the body was washed. Precisely my point. Okay, he told the authorities he wore gloves when handling her stuff and her remains and that he washed her body twice. Jesus. Two times. This was thought out and very methodical. Very. And that's going to come into play here in a minute, too. There's no telling whether or or not he would have been caught had he not confessed. I don't think he would have. Okay. I kind of think I do. I think he would have. But I'll tell you why. No. And let, let me tell you exactly why. This kid is methodical he thought it through it's not like some of our other serial killers or our other killers in general we have we've we've done serial killers that have a history of like a lot of deaths so you would think that they would have improved enough to where they're not going to get caught this is true this is his first kill this is his first kill and austin i gotta tell you bud you executed it beautifully well 
I will tell you why. I know that sounds really sick, by the way, no, because of the child. No, but no. seriously, this kid thought it through. He right. planted DNA, washed but the body twice. I'll tell you why I think he would have been caught anyways. Okay. Okay. What I know almost that to be almost a certainty is that had he not confessed, the lack of <laughs> DNA would have been cast reasonable doubt on his case. Okay, yeah. You know, because... If, if there was no confession, you had this kid arrested, but his DNA is not matching. He couldn't have done it. Well, exactly. Well, and we, we ran into cases like that before where they go, we could prove these murders happened from this person, mm-hmm. but we couldn't prove that these ones happened because there's no evidence. Right. Everything's circumstantial. On yeah. This. And yeah. You, you, nobody really gets convicted on just circumstantial evidence, but say for one, and I'm trying to remember. Oh, you have Albright, but you have one that's coming up that that I did. Okay. Um, which was uh, the Highway Twenty Killer. Oh, so tomorrow's episode. Yeah, tomorrow's episode. Okay. Um, which stay tuned for that one. There, you'll see exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. And this one he's he worked on for a long time because he had to do digging. This one here, I didn't just dig with a shovel. I no, used he a took goddamn a backhoe. backhoe to that yeah. thing because he worked. I think he worked on it for like two or three weeks. Two weeks, two and a half weeks, and yeah. Okay. Just but anyway, let's so get back this to this is one why here. I think he would have been caught anyways. Okay. Despite the classes he took and what he was taught and subsequently Utilizes didn't skills. learn was what happens after you commit a crime. One can't teach that thus one can't learn how to handle the mental and emotional toll that committing such a horrendous crime can take on a person. That's very true. Okay, I'm okay. going to give it that one. Now, even the most seasoned, psychotic, and sociopathic serial killers out there, and we've had a bunch, and we will have more, have some sort of emotion right after the murder. That's part of the process. It's yes. part of the cycle. We've talked it about is. that with serial, specifically serial killers. Um, everything right. happens in a cycle. Right. But if you are that young, you haven't developed those coping skills yet. No, and that's very true. But the, the emotional part, at the end of the day, a killing fulfills a need. Right. Whether it's emotional, sexual, um, mental, it always has to, it fulfills a fucking need. See, this kid, you'll find out in a minute, not only fell under Monday's. I mean, Wednesday's would-be killer. He would have also fallen under Friday's fetish Friday. Ooh. Yeah, and I'll explain that in a second. I think the child porn that was found, but okay, go for it. Well, no, there's more. There's way more. All right, Billy amazed me with this. Yeah. Even the, oh, like I said, the, the emotions right after the murder, despite the calm they display while they're recalling their horrific actions. Because when they're recalling them, they've already experienced that emotion and they've coped with it. Right. You know, so now it's something that's playing out like a movie to them as opposed right. to an actual action. Okay. So during the interrogation, he confesses to murdering Jessica. But once again, he emphatically denies raping her. Why? My question is, why would he deny it when that's not even on the table? Okay. He proceeded to tell them that he had gone hunting and i'm using air quotes that day that morning he did not know jessica he says so it could have been any little girl that day however since she was running late for school she was one of a handful of kids if not the only one 
still walking towards the school. Now, she went to the same elementary school he had gone to. Okay. So she probably walked the same path he did because they live in the same town. He would know every nook and cranny around that path. And was in cheerleading, and they practiced at his high school. Exactly. So I believe he had seen her. Uh, yeah, that's very likely. Whether he knew her or not is not the point. I think he had seen her. I think he knew what neighborhood she lived in. I think on even a subconscious level, he targeted her. It could be, yeah. Yeah, I believe that in my soul. But let's see. He told them how he grabbed her, threw her into his car, and drove away quickly. He also told detectives that he knew when he grabbed her, he would kill her that day. Holy shit. Yeah, this is going to come into play in a little bit, too. But he told her, he told her, you will see your mom again in an effort to keep her calm. Well, it makes sense. That's, yes. You have to use some psychology yeah. with that I one. I know I'm going to kill you, but I'm not going to kill you because I don't want you to freak the fuck out. It's no different than when you offer your kids uh, uh, a prize for shutting their hole. Yeah, or you know, for going potty in the toilet. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll use that one there too because I just I remember you know offering Jake things like, dude, tell you what, I'll give you like another half hour of TV if you'll just stay quiet. For oh yeah, I've ten done that before too. Freaking minutes. Yeah, and not just that. I have opened up a bag of chips going through the store to give my son something to eat, so oh, he totally. didn't b- fucking bother me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he described how he then got her to his house, right? And how he used plastic ties to bind her feet and hands. And the, well, no, this is before he got to the house. He used the plastic ties to bind her feet and hands. And then he drove around for about 30 minutes or so, making random turns <laughs> before going back to his house. In so he was making followed. sure he wasn't being followed. Yeah, making sure he wasn't being followed. Exactly. That makes sense. So he told them when he got there that he pulled the car into the garage and shut the door. So he was making sure not only was he not being followed, but nobody in his neighborhood could see him dragging this child out of his car. Makes sense. He's covering his ass. Yeah, totally. Okay. Now, um, he then launched into a graphic, graphic description. And I think I have some video of his confession, I think, of what he did to that innocent little girl. Before I continue, I want to reiterate this, that this is... A graphic confession and listener discretion is strongly advised. Okay? Okay. Please, if you don't want to hear anything graphic, shut us off. I, I don't want you to, but I understand. Also, okay? if you have a weak constitution. Yeah, shut it off. If you're prone to nightmares, seizures, anything like that. I'm trying to cover our butts no, because no, I, agree with I got you. enough attorney bills. No, because this is going to get so graphic that I'm going to have a hard time sharing it. Okay. I had a hard time reading it. I'm going to have a hard time sharing it. So people who cannot handle that kind of stuff need to not listen to it. Okay. So listener discretion, highly advised from this point forward, even more than the original disclaimer. Exactly. This is what he said. So I'm giving you time. This is what he said he did to Jessica that day. Are you ready? Go for it. Once they were in the house, he began torturing her. By cutting off pieces of her hair, I'm going to cry, while they were watching a show he had put on the television. So he put on a show to try to calm her down, probably a kid's show, and then proceeded to cut some of her hair as he has her bound. Okay? In the zip ties that he had practiced on his mother. Yeah. Okay? He then made her change into one of his t-shirts and a pair of his shorts because she had already soaked her clothes with urine. 
which was evident when they found her urine so close. Right, that makes sense. Okay. He then tried to strangle her with some of the plastic ties, but stopped when they were starting to cut into his hands. Okay? He then tried to choke her manually until she passed out. He thought she was dead. When he noticed she was still alive, he drug her into the bathroom, filled a tub with scalding hot water, and drowned her in it. Jesus Christ. But he didn't stop his brutality there, Scott. Yeah. This is one sick motherfucker. He set out to dismember this girl's little body in that same bathroom using an electric saw, a utility knife, and some razor blades. God. Okay. He labeled, he put her stuff, you know, her remains in plastic bags and labeled them. While he claims he flushed some of her dismembered hands and feet down the toilet. Okay. So not only did he dismember her, he dismembered her hands and feet so he can flush them. Because you can't flush a foot down the toilet. That's got to be a small, 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 small girl to be able to flush that down the toilet. Well, if he cut her up into, like, cut each finger off and then flush them one at a time. I've had cigarette butts because I smoke float up. This is true, too. This is true, too. Just saying. Yeah. Okay. So at first, he placed the trash bags with her remains in a pool shed. In the back corner of their backyard. Then, the following day, he drove around in his Jeep to get rid of her items, throwing her backpack in plain sight and superior in an attempt to throw off the police. So he knew what the fuck he was doing. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Due to the cadaver dogs being used in his neighborhood, he also felt he needed to get rid of her torso. Makes sense. However, he wasn't done with his sick little fantasy yet. Okay. He did not keep her torso intact. He decided to play amateur medical examiner by removing her organs from her chest and abdomen, flushing those, what he could, down the toilet. The viscera. Yeah. And then he washed her body again to make sure no more evidence was left on the body. While Sig was being interviewed at the station, a team of officers were at the house conducting a search and they found the bags in the crawl space where he told them they would be and about <coughs> told them told them about that held her remaining body parts and the hair he cut from her head okay the body parts he chose to keep were her head and her vagina i have nothing to say to that i i'm crying you can see the tears Jesus. in my eyes i'm crying it gets worse, Scott. How it could get worse, I did not know until I kept digging. I should have stopped digging. I should have been you, but I had to keep digging. Remember when I told you that the autopsy on the torso indicated a foreign object was placed inside of her? Yeah. Did I tell you where it was? Nope. Okay, let's talk about that now. He told the officers that he put a small hand-carved wooden cross pendant on her body. In fact, he put it inside her body. He admitted to etching three designs, and I have a picture of the actual cross that I will be posting, on the cross before placing it there. He etched three straight lines, one down the middle of the cross and one on each arm, which I didn't understand that, but, and they didn't go into why that was significant. The significance of why he did it. Yeah, so that's the only question I still have. Okay, 
Although the police did release a photo of the cross to the public in hopes of gathering some leads, they've held back how or why this cross with the markings was so significant. And this is why. He was able to confirm some of the information. Where he left the cross, he, he didn't confirm this part. He says he left it on the body. Right, okay? that's what you said. They said it was found it in body. the body. Now, where he left the cross is absolutely disgusting, and I don't want to tell you, but it's important for you to grasp exactly how sick this kid was. Some would try to say him leaving the cross was a sign of remorse, right? Some would, but I have a feeling that's... No. I, I, can I guess where he left it? Where? Anus. No, that wasn't it. I'll be honest with you, that wasn't it. Oh, okay, because I, okay. I was thinking that or vaginal canal. Where the okay, vagina some was. would try to say him leaving the cross was a sign of remorse, but in actuality, it was an attempt to throw the police off his trail. Oh, okay. He was trying to get them to think the killer was a religious zealot. Okay, makes sense. Okay. In fact, the wooden cross was found inside her vaginal cavity. That was my second guess. Don't for one second believe that this was the only place he could have placed the object because let's not forget he removed all of her organs. He could have placed it where the heart was and that would have been a sign of remorse too. Yeah, because you have a whole open cavity. He, if he had any remorse, yeah, he would have placed it where her heart would have been. However, this wouldn't have been nearly as disturbing. By this time, he had determined that he had in. It had already been determined by autopsy reports that he, in fact, did rape this girl. I kind of figured. Yeah, because of his adamant denials. Yeah, right? that, that's what kind of, you know, that's why yeah. I said before, if they hadn't put that in play, nobody had said, hey, did you rape her? Yeah, nobody asked him. He just kept saying, I, I killed her, but I didn't rape her. Right. I killed her. I did not rape her. Yeah. So he chose to put a universally holy symbol in a place where he had degraded her and stole her innocence before just throwing her out like the morning trash. Jeez, what a sick bastard. Yeah. See, Fetish Friday. Yeah, I'm just Yeah. There fuck. was no respect for her or remorse for his actions in in the way he mutilated and defiled and disposed of this poor little girl. Yeah. By then, she wasn't even a human to him. No. No. She was just trash. Which sickens me on every level. Yeah. So when the detective asked him about the attempted attack on the, on the jogger, he informed her that he would have killed her as well. He told them he had plans to dump her body in some sulfur pits in the Colorado mountains. He explained that he was fulfilling a sexual fantasy he had been having for quite some time. And he even went so far as to admit that he had gone out before he abducted Jessica looking for other girls, but never had the opportunity to act on his sick urges. Okay. Now, I'm not done. (laughs) There's a wait. There's more. I don't want you to Billy Mays me, to be honest. Well, let's just go into this. Um, When all was said and done that day, he was hit with 17 criminal charges all but six were a result of his crimes against Jessica alone. So Jesus. 11 charges against, from what he did to Jessica, which I'm sure abuse of a corpse, mutilation of a corpse, shit like that. See, okay. I hate when we do things about kids. I'll tell you why, because I do love my kids. You do. My daughter, my son. I'm thinking about this asshole. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you justify your child's actions? You can't. Since he was only 17, 
at the time of this, at the time all of this, they originally sent him to a juvenile facility. Okay. However, due to the nature of his crimes, he was later charged as an adult and sent to an adult facility in Jefferson. Since he was still 17, upon getting there, they had to place him in a special housing unit for 52 days to keep him isolated from the general population. <coughs> but once he uh, turned 18, they let him go to the wolves, basically. Good. They fed him to the other inmates. Okay? However, even though he confessed to, confessed to his crimes, he chose to plead not guilty to the now 15 charges that were against him in court. Goes Be- with what I said. It's fucking buyer's remorse. Yeah. That's why that original- dispatcher yeah. kept him, kept Austin on that damn phone. Yes. Two of the original 17 <coughs> charges were actually dropped because they were considered the same as the charges. Okay, so they're just redundant. Yeah. So this attempt was unsuccessful, and Sig would again change his plea to guilty by October 2013, right before his trial began. His attorney now attempted to paint a picture of a troubled start to his life by telling the court his mother fell three times, oh, three months into her pregnancy, and she inhaled paint fumes during the last trimester. They don't say if the inhalation was intentional or as a means of getting high, as a means of getting high or unintentional as a result of painting a room in the house. Okay, look, man, I'm not a criminologist. I'm not a fucking attorney, but (laughs) dude. Dude, Austin Sig's attorney, that's a fucking stretch. Kudos for trying. But yeah. Dude, well, for real, what do you live? Do you live in fucking Disneyland? Is that your deal? Yeah. You know, because that's some Mickey Mouse shit. Yeah, because first of all, three months into your pregnancy, falling down isn't really going to harm that. I'll just say fetus. I call it a child. It's a fetus. But, well, I knew you were going to say that. That's why I said fetus. <laughs> but anyways, is it really going to harm that child so much? Because it's still just a little tiny pee in a sack of fluid. Right. Okay. Of embryonic fluid. Yeah. The more danger to a child from falling or anything like that is in the second and third trimester, towards the end of the second, first part of the third and on, because they're more formed. Makes sense. Okay. By the third, by the end of the first trimester or middle of the first trimester, they don't have their brains or their spine or anything like that formed yet. Much like most teenagers. (laughs) Yeah, that's true too. Sorry, that was a bad joke. I have to add levity to this because I am very just, I'm just very, I'm just leaving it. Well, and I will also say that when I was pregnant, I had actually gotten drunk the weekend before I found out I was pregnant. There's a shocker, yeah. Yeah, Alex. I know, right? And then the Monday when I found out I was pregnant, I literally asked my OBGYN, I said, oh my God, is my child going to have fetal alcohol syndrome? Literally. Yeah, no, it's a legit question. Yeah. So she apparently called her doctors out of concern for her unborn baby after it happened. And the doctor said, due to the amount of inhalation, it was not a big deal. Okay? It's not like she had prolonged exposure, Right. Okay, so it was also reported to the court that during delivery, the doctors had to use a vacuum, not forceps, a vacuum to help deliver him, which left him with a temporary misshapen head. Okay, any child who's delivered vaginally has a (laughs) cone-shaped head. Except for my son. (laughs) 
shut up, Scott. Wasn't a tight fit. That's all I'm saying. No, but they have a cone-shaped head because it's this big thing coming out of a small hole. Most of the time. Shut up, Scott. Anyways, <laughs> I mean, because even my brother, when his son was born, my brother says, is his head going to be normal soon? I said, yeah. And then he goes, I don't remember your son's head being that way. I said, because my son was born C-section. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit different there. Okay, and if you look at pictures of him as around the time he committed this crime and when he was arrested, his head looked normal. So it's not like he had a deformed head. Okay, which would say that his brain right. was kind of deformed. Okay, so let us move, you know, keep going. They claim these things led to intestinal complications, which doesn't make any sense, that required multiple surgeries throughout his childhood. Still, dude, I don't see how stretching. Yeah, why would intestinal complications lead be a cause of being sucked out with a vacuum, having a misshapen head that caused you to kill somebody later? And then the wind was blowing the wrong direction yeah. and he got dust in his eye. That's that that's what I'm hearing about from, from this attorney. Yeah. They're saying that the deformities and his the shape of his head during birth could potentially mitigate his culpability in the crimes he committed. No. There are many children who have had to use forceps. Sylvester Saloon. Perfect case. That's why he has that freaking lazy eye and shit. Oh, oh I didn't yeah, even know they that. Use forceps on him. That's why he talks out of the side of Hey, Adrian. <laughs> um, yeah, they yeah. use forceps on him. Other children have used forceps and vacuums. They don't turn out to be killers. You can't use that as a mitigating factor. This dude's just stretching. Yeah, they man. also brought up his ADD and anxiety disorder to point out these disorders affect the frontal lobe and responsible for impulse and planning. However, I have ADD. I have anxiety. And granted, everybody's different. Well, no, I can negate that right now. This dude planned it out. If it affected yeah. planning and things like yeah. that, you're, uh, uh, Mr. Attorney, are you telling us that he didn't plan this out? That because he did it on impulse because there's a difference between methodical planning and, and impulse. I see this girl and I just had the urge to grab her, so I grab her. This dude planned this shit yeah. out. It should be. That's what I'm saying here. It should be noted his actions before, during, and after the crime against Jessica were not impulsive. Yeah, they were no meticulously way. planned and carried out. Even the cleanup afterwards, Scott. Yeah, no, exactly. That's yeah. why I'm, I'm, I'm just shaking my head at this yeah. attorney going, dude, you know, I realize that you're just doing your job. But and you're trying to save your client. Fuck. Yeah, and by his own confession, he acted on a desire he had and knew what he was going to do before he even did it. Uh-huh. Okay. Sig was 18 at the time of his sentencing, but since he was only 17 at the time of the crime took place, he was sentenced as a minor. Okay, so the death penalty, according to Roper versus Simmons in 2005, I actually looked it up. It was unconstitutional to impose a death penalty on anyone who committed a crime under the age of 18. Bullshit. Bullshit. I say bullshit, bullshit. too, but... I'm sorry. State of Colorado, I'm calling bullshit on no, you right now. No, it's everywhere. It's across this the U.S. Is, oh, is this? Okay, it's U.S. Federal. U.S. Federal guys. Call bullshit on that. Yeah. This little prick brutally raped... And mutilated she, a he tortured, and tortured raped, ten mutilated year old girl. And you're saying that everything because he he wasn't quite eighteen yet. We gotta we're just try him as a minor horseshit. Well, well, he was tried as an adult, sentenced as a minor. Sentenced as a minor. Let's sorry. Let's get this straight here. He was past the age of culpability too. He was past twelve. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And showing so, uh, here's my thing. Yeah. Case for case, b- uh, bearing that. 
he was of the right mind enough, adult enough, True. to have planned this out. True. More methodical, more planned out, more calculated than any of the serial killers we've covered that we have covered or that are on the list to feature, and, and we feature okay. some brutal goddamn killers. And let's killers. take this another step. He was more methodical than Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy, H.H. H. Holmes, Egg Gein, Albert Fish. All put together. All of them. This kid yeah. is and the And Ted poster. Bundy was a fucking genius. Oh, shit, yeah. Ted's actually one of my favorite serial killers. I know, killers. I know. You say that almost every episode, but it's true. But... This kid is the poster child for mm-hmm. serial killers. Mm-hmm. Had he had not been caught, mm-hmm. I think his death toll would have been in the hundreds. I believe, yes. <clears throat> Even more so, probably. He'd have probably been the most prolific serial killer in U.S. history. Probably in world history. Probably. Probably. I'm just, just sick Okay. So this is ultimately what spared him from a death sentence. Which, I'm sorry if this sounds callous, I feel he totally deserved it. That's what we just now covered. Yes. He deserved to fucking die. And I say by the gallows. Uh, no, I say we draw and quarter this motherfucker. No, I'd be right up there with you. Yeah. So on hey, November- maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe we try to get a hold of Austin and get his side of the story. Maybe I'm missing something, Austin. Maybe I'm missing something, sir. And Mr. Sig, if I am, I think I'm going to write him. He's on my docket to write. Okay. Okay. On November 19th of 2013, he was sentenced to life in prison plus 86 years. Okay. So, life in prison, under those guidelines, he would have to serve a minimum of 40 years. Okay? Before he was up for parole. However, after that 40 years, whether he received parole or not, the 86 years begins. Okay. So... That's what, 126 years. He's not going to fucking live through that. Okay? We can hope. I know. During his sentencing, Anna Salter, who was a psychologist, testified that Sig showed signs of a sadistic necrophiliac with psychopathic traits, but he was not a psychopath. Or no, he was not psychotic. I agree. Okay. Although she didn't formally examine him so she didn't give him that test that we've talked about right she assessed him based on observations details of the crime and his confession tapes okay during her testimony she explained how remorse for crimes happens before the person is caught and sig showed no remorse until he felt the police were closing in on him so he wasn't sorry for the crimes he committed he was sorry he was getting caught exactly exactly Yes. I have to agree with that 100%. She also points out that after reviewing some surveillance footage from one of Sig's neighbors, you can see he left the house to take his brother to school. Okay? He then returned home where he waited for about 50 minutes or so before leaving again. Now, keep in mind, and this is around this area too, the schools start in staggers. Okay, high school always starts first, and that's because they figure high school kids need to be let out early in case they have younger siblings that they have to take care of at home. Fair enough. Okay, so then middle school, then elementary school. Okay, (laughs) 
So he waited that 15 minutes. This is important to note because the time frame shows he was specifically targeting children walking to elementary school. Very good point. Okay. He wasn't after just anybody. He wanted a young child. Yes. Which the child pornography plays here. Very much so, yeah. Okay. She also notes that his brutal nature when he chose to keep this child's skull and her vaginal, you know, the vag- vagina he kept, so that he could take it out and look at it with fascination. And I would almost venture to say, even though I'm not a psychologist, that he would probably do what Green River did and Ted Bundy did and revisit his crime, so to speak. Oh, totally. To continue having sex with them. Probably. Yeah. Now, Jefferson County District Court Chief Judge Stephen Munsinger read a letter to the court that Sig had written. He didn't want to speak in his trial, in his mitigation hearing, his sentencing hearing. Okay? In it, this child said, this, I won't call him, this monster said, I don't know about society because I've never really been that great with it. But I know that personally, I am a monster. There's no better word to describe what I've done than evil. I don't believe he meant it. No. No. Because no. I'll refer back to Pansram. Pansram himself said, I have no love for anybody, including myself. Right. Okay. Pansram owned his shit. Yeah, he meant that yeah, shit. I don't think this I don't think, meant it. yeah, Sig, I'm, okay. I'm going to agree with you. All through this guy's trial, he sat emotionless with a blank stare towards the ground and never looked up. It wasn't until the victim's impact statement when he started crying and showed some sort of human emotion. I still don't believe that was remorse. And like I said, I'm not a psychologist. I don't believe it was remorse for his actions. I believe it was remorse because people then knew exactly how sick this kid was and people would look at him differently. Oh, totally. That's what I believe it was. Okay. Jessica's mom <coughs> did something in court that day that I, as a mother myself, don't know if I could, I would have done or could have the courage to do. Okay. She didn't give him the satisfaction of knowing how much he had damaged their family. She chose to take that time to tell him and Literally, I'm almost quoting her verbatim, that after she left that courtroom, and I have a video of this, that day, she wouldn't even remember his name. Okay, that's Which I know up. isn't true, but you know what? She was not giving him the satisfaction to know that he had ruined her life forever. I can see that, however. However. At the end of the day, it's still your kid. And while he did a lot of wrong. No, not his mom. Her mom. Her mom. Yes. Gotcha. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought it meant his no, mom. No. Her okay. mom got up there and said, you know what? I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. As far as I'm concerned, after I walk out of here right now, I won't even remember your name. I don't even know who you the fuck are. Makes sense. I, I couldn't. And you know that's not true. No. Because she will relive this every day of her life. Yeah. Okay? An only child. She... Also said that they would instead focus on her daughter's legacy and to them she will forever be that 10-year-old little girl who was brave and responsible and loving and kind and beautiful. Good deal. Yeah. So 
to quote a line from the judge in his closing statement after he sentenced this guy, this monster. He said, evil is real. It was present in our community on October 5th, 2012. On that day, its name was Austin Sig. Not Demon Child. Not, you know, whatever. It was Austin Sig. A normal name. Okay? In 2014, Austin was transferred to another prison outside of Colorado for his safety, and that location has never been disclosed to the public. Oh, so... uh... We either have to do some intense digging... Or we don't have a way of contacting him, like Mary Bell. There's always a way. There is, which I'm still kind of looking into trying to find Mary Bell, because I think somebody out there knows something. Oh, yeah. Okay. A year after her death, a park close to the location of her abduction, uh, a park close to the location of her abduction in the city, the city constructed, I, I actually wrote park twice, and named it in her honor. It's called the Jessica Ridgeway Memorial Park, which has purple structures to signify her favorite color and dragonflies to signify her free spirit. Okay. They, when the city brought this attention, this idea to her mother, she says, go ahead and do this, but I don't want anything to do with the crime or Austin's name to be anywhere on, on around it. it. Makes sense. Yes. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So there's also a memorial rock and bench placed in the park where her remains were found. So she will forever have a legacy in that area. That's good. Yeah. So that's all I have. And I know this was a long one. And do you agree with me? Did he top Toy Box? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Because you know what the, you want to know what David Parker Ray didn't do? Molest and fuck up kids. You know what David Parker Ray also didn't do? Keep their fucking head and vagina so he could revisit them later or use them later. Yeah, that's just fucking unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. Green River Killer didn't do it. Jeff, well, Jeffrey Dahmer did keep their remains. He would keep their head for his own sexual gratification later and ate them as a way of like keeping them close to him. Right, well, and he, that's not just synonymous with him. Synonymous? Synonymous. Yes, yes. God hey, dang, you English used is the hard. big word right, Scott. Uh, that's because I'm proud. I, I feel like shit, and I want to lay down. I know you um, do. I think I got the flu. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I'm going to infect you. Probably COVID. Oh, I'm not worried about that. It's, it's probably just the man flu. It's probably COVID. You're going to die. So I've um, been vaccinated <laughs> and with, not, with the freaking other one, so not the Johnson & Johnson, so fuck you. So... Um, who was I thinking of? The uh, Sunset Strip Killers, when we yes. did them. They were sick motherfuckers, too. Right, because uh, the dude kept the head, and then his girlfriend put makeup on it so he could fuck it in the shower. Yes, exactly. But you know what they all have in common? They didn't fuck with kids. That's true, too. And I fucking hate when you do shit about kids. Mm-hmm. Fucking hate it. Well, the only reason why I kind of did this shit about a kid is because he was a kid himself. So just like, it. well, Mary Bell did the same thing. Remember, you featured her, Scott. Yeah, but that was kid on kid. It wasn't adult that, you know. Well, it, yeah, it wasn't an almost an adult doing it right. to a child. You're right. You're right. But I think it's important because you said it in your family 
your you know family that kills or oh yeah family of murderers or something like i can't remember exactly families what kill. we taught huh families that kill yeah that's it um that oh what was i gonna say oh that they could be anywhere around you no and that's very true i mean and i believe that not just for the sake of that particular podcast no but in my regular life oh yeah i know okay well um the person that lives uh next door to me not the ones that i hate but clay okay there, yeah he works for me uh-huh um you know but you still don't know everything about him i don't know everything about clay yeah and you give him a key to your house yeah he's got a key to my house because you know comes and does shit um brings your packages in right Probably sleeps in your bed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's terrifying. Thank you. Now I can't sleep at night. Thanks. Now I got to burn this bed. <laughs> Don't. That bed's comfortable. I slept. I've laid in it. It's better be for what I spent on it. But um, yeah, you just you you, you don't. You know. never know. You never <laughs> know. And even though he seemed odd to people, nobody ever, ever, ever thought he was that odd. Well, nobody ever does. That's true. That's true, because I'm going to feature another guy later that even while he was being arrested, the people in his neighborhood was like, you can't have the right guy. (laughs) There is no way you have the right guy. So, no, I just, I mean, no, I just, like I said, this one just got, like I said, I was crying during, I mean, tearing up. You were crying during this one here, too. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was tearing up during this one because it disgusted me on such a level. I hate the kid thing because I think about my own kids. My kids are grown. Oh, yeah. Me, too. Me, too. Because, you know, I mean, I joke around with my mom because me and my little brother never really got along. You know, because up until he came along, I was literally the favorite. Now I'm just the favorite daughter. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's like I always joke around with her, say, Mom, when he was little, did you used to worry about people taking him and blah, blah, blah? She goes, of course I did. I worried about with all your you kids. I said, now do you kind of wish they did? (laughs) That's awesome. I know, right? You're a dick. (laughs) I know I am. All right, let's wrap this one here up because I really do feel sick. And it's not just because of the story. I've been feeling sick, like, since yesterday, so. Yeah. I just feel like crap. No, it's not the brown bottle flu? No, it isn't. I didn't get drunk or anything, so. Okay. It's like shit. No, let's wrap it up, because I'm kind of tired of talking about this sick fucker anyways. So remember, you can send us an email at brutalnation.cast at gmail.com. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com and check out the other shows that they offer and more upcoming. This has been a a production of Twisted Blue LLC, copyright 2021. I've been your host, Scott Alexander. Our presenter today and fabulous co-host is Miss Tammy Underwood. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye.